welcome to the very first episode of Basement Talk. I am your host, Ed Birdsall, and on this podcast, what we are aiming to do is we are looking to educate and hopefully inform of all of the current events, situations, topics, whatever you want to call it, in the world of professional sports. Uh, let me introduce you to my one of my co-hosts, Mr. Tim Brady. Tim, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you uh, helping put this together. Me and Brett have been uh, wanting to do a podcast for a while, and you clearly were the glue that uh, helped make this happen, so I appreciate that. I'm the Elmer, so I appreciate it. And Mr. Brett Mayer. Brett? How we doing, everybody? How we doing? I'm just get, I'm ready to go. I'm pumped. Jacked Let's up. get this going, baby. Jacked up. Let's do it. So, Start it up. So we got on today, and oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, excuse oh, me. Excuse me. Excuse me. And we have... Our wonderful producer who is listening to everything we are talking about, Mr. Matt Birdsall. Matt, Everyone how are you doing there, Chief Charlie? Can't complain, guys. Uh, hopefully my abilities to work this podcast don't get me fired after episode one. So I highly doubt it. You hopefully really, not. Really you would really have to fuck up miserably, and I really don't think that you're going to do that. It would really take a lot to get fired after the first episode. So... On the docket today, we are talking about some NFL. Of course, everyone wants to talk about playoffs coming up, and we're going to give you the best playoff breakdown as we possibly can. Playoffs? Playoffs. Then we're going to be talking about some fantasy. Fantasy football, for the most part, is done. If you're still playing in Week 17, I, I don't know what the hell your league is doing. Get off of that shit now. Don't ever play Week 17 championships. Facts. I don't know how people do that. I really don't understand how people play Week 17 championships. You only saw oh. Rex Burkett Week 17 against the Miami Dolphins. Hey, <laughs> hey you, could, you could have a nice little streamer in RG3 going up against the Steelers. Oh, my God. Might win you a championship. I can't even imagine playing RG3 in a championship right now. Seth nice. Roberts, RG3. Stack. <laughs> <laughs> so then we got some Christmas basketball wrapping up some Christmas Day action. Then we got some Champions League. Going to talk some soccer, some football, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. The champion. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. That's copyrighted. We can't use it. And then finally, <laughs> we're talking about the big college football games for the weekend. Of course, the of course the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma, LSU, and Clemson, Ohio State. So. Let's just kick this off with some, some NFL. Obviously, Week 16 has come and gone. We are on to Week 17, a lot of clinching scenarios coming up for the weekend. But let's look back and let's talk about Week 16 for a second. And I want to ask you guys, uh, Tim, we'll start with you. What was the one thing that you learned from Week 16 that made you say, yes, this has been going on the entire season, we finally figured this out, and this is potentially going to happen for this team, and this is what this team is going to look like? For their stretch run going into the playoffs, or maybe they'll be done overall. My biggest take was actually a little bit different than most of uh, what are we learning or what have we learned already. It's more of a what haven't we learned because at this rate, you think week 16, you know what you're talking about. You think you know what teams are. You think you know where they're going. But this late in the season, you have teams where you have no idea what they are. You have the Seahawks losing to the Cardinals and dropping to the fifth seed, which was just unbelievable. I, I didn't see that coming at all. I saw the Seahawks as a powerhouse in the NFC, possible one seed, and they lose to the Cardinals, which I just don't get. You have the the Giants and the Dolphins fighting for the uh, what's called the draft position, and both these teams look like they want to win this game, which I don't understand. I'm not a fan of tanking; I'll never promote it. But teams trying to win games late in the season when your draft stock is so so important to your future, and you're trying to win these games, and just falling in the draft makes no sense. And then the Steelers losing to the Jets, I just. I mean, come on. Like, the Steelers have a top defense in the league, and they're losing to the Jets this late in the season, getting out of playoffs. I, I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. Did you see Mason Rudolph's face at that game on the sideline after he got <laughs> hit in, like, the head or whatever? Uh, Mason Rudolph has a 
very strong history of just making utterly ridiculous faces on the sideline. And this week, that face wasn't just showing in his actual face. It was very prevalent in his play on the field. It just made no sense. Well, I just think going back, and your, your point about the Steelers is one that I actually had made on the, my radio show that I do. Let's talk with John Richard, which airs Thursday nights on Facebook Live. Nice plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah, I have yeah, to. Yeah. I, I have to. But uh, one of the things that I talked about last week on the show was I had said that I just don't believe that there is the franchise-saving quarterback, the plan after Ben Roethlisberger, perhaps, on the roster for the Steelers right now. I, I just don't see there being an option. Mason Rudolph has looked terrible when he has played in prolonged stretches. And we saw last week with Duck Hodges. He got pulled, then had to go back in because Mason Rudolph got hurt, and he was just as bad. So there really just doesn't seem to be a plan B for the Pittsburgh Steelers after Ben Roethlisberger is done. But, I mean, Brett, you are not a Mike Tomlin guy. I'm but certainly not a Mike Tomlin guy. But you got to – I mean, yeah, no, you, I mean, you, you have said – I'm giving Mike Tomlin credit this year. He's done a yeah. great job. But I've always said he's an emotional – he's more of an emotional leadership coach where mm-hmm. he, he can always pump the guys up, rile the guys up. He's never been an X's and O's guy. But this year I think it was the perfect situation for him to show what he's actually good at. He had a, finally has a good defense with, what, eight first-round picks? And yeah. he did it all year. He yeah. did the same thing all year. And it worked. But i got to give him credit this year, but I'm still I'm not a big Mike Tomlin guy. But as far as the Steelers' QB position, I mean, this year was the year they were going to find out if Mason Rudolph was good enough to yep. be the starter. This was his first year actually starting in the league, and the Steelers found out this year that he's just not the guy. Yeah. Which actually I think is going to be better off for the Steelers in the long, long run because now they have to go back into the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And then another point that I wanted to exactly, and I wanted to make another point of what Tim said, talking about the Seahawks and how they lost to the Cardinals. Um, Did not see that one coming. I mean, look, for as good as Russell Wilson is, he needs help. And the way that you win in the playoffs is you need guys on offense, let alone your defense. The defense has been good all year, but. They have had signs where we've seen that they may not be an elite shutdown defense. And you look at the teams in the NFC, you look at the Saints, they have an elite shutdown defense. You look at the 49ers, they have an elite shutdown defense. You look at the Packers, at times they have shown they can be that over a prolonged period of time. The Seahawks, they just may not have that. And then you look at what they have on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have Chris Carson anymore. He's done for the year. You have Rashad Penny, he's done for the year. They don't have any weapons in the passing game whatsoever that can, con- that can consistently produce. And over time, if you're looking to win in the playoffs, you can't just put it all on the shoulders of your quarterback, literally and figuratively. I mean, you, you, you just can't. And that's where the Seahawks, I think, are just com- they're completely screwed. And they're I mean, completely screwed. Talking about the run game, I mean, obviously, I love the addition of Marshawn Lynch. I, yes. I, I think it's As it's great for the league, but what is he? What can he possibly do for them? No, like, we're gonna find out. Marshawn will probably get five, six carries this week. I'd be shocked if he gets any more than like ten. Ten's gonna be his cap. Yeah. I mean, nobody really knows how he looks like. Apparently, he's been training for the past couple like months. Apparently, like when Penny went down with an ACL injury like a month ago. Apparently, he conveniently showed up to the Seahawks facility. I would love him to come back and actually make a presence and actually do something oh, to help push him. I would love yeah, it. That'd be awesome. But do I think it's going to happen? No, I, really, I really I don't have I high expectations you, you, you can't allow Marshawn Lynch to come back. No, and, and back to the Seahawks' defensive point, there hasn't been a time this year where I've watched the Seahawks' defense and thought that they could have potential to be a, a playoff defense. Yes, I have not seen that this year. I mean, Jadavian Clowney is coming back this week, I believe, I think, yeah. I saw. Yes, so, he's coming know, back. Obviously, that's the guy that they're going to need to produce big time. Yep. 
I, c- I couldn't agree more. All right, Brett, what is the uh, what's the one thing that you uh, you? All right, so I wrote down a couple a couple like small points. I th- I'm just gonna like read them off and we'll just talk about them. So the first one, I mean, I I, f- I went like pretty present like as far as directly what happened this week. So the first one is Michael Thomas is literally God. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, there's no argument. <laughs> He's got 145 receptions this year. That's ridiculous. That's unreal. That's sad about him compared to players in their first five seasons and how he many receptions like they had. He more receptions and he's only in his fourth it, it, year. It yeah. doesn't make any That's sense. Absurd. Also, just... I said, his voice does not match his face. Oh, that I interview. I you saw that video. That interview is great. I did not see that one coming, yo. That was the plot twist of the century. <laughs> that was absurd. Two, the Chiefs are going to be a real threat in the playoffs. That oh, yeah. defense is legit, man. Oh, it is. It came out of nowhere. Oh, he's just something else, man. I love watching that guy. Mr. Chiefs playing over here. <laughs> I know that got you riled up over there. Uh, can't Number say three, didn't. the Vikings really need Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Mike Boone ran for 28 yards this week. Yep. Yeah, that was number one for my biggest concerns coming yeah. out of this week. That was an absolute mauling on Monday night. Four Dolphins are one of the most electric teams in football. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They really yeah. are. Patrick on Parker on a fourth and ten. You know it's coming. They're going for it because they really don't care. They don't care. They I don't love care. that. They don't care at all. I would love to see them when they have a winning record in the future. Oh, I, hopefully. I, wait. I wonder what their mentality is going to be. I'm the Dolphins bandwagon right now. <laughs> That's absurd. Dude, they'll be down by like 30 points. Fitzpatrick scores a touchdown. He's going buck wild celebrating with the offensive lineman. Amazing. Great watch. Five, the whole Ravens team died two minutes in the span of two minutes during that Browns game, and that scared them straight. Lamar, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews, they all suffered injuries in the span of like two minutes, not even, it was like 30 seconds, and I was like, oh my God, their season's over. I think that scared them straight, so that's why they're resting all the boys this week. Six, the Cowboys are going to regret paying Zeke Elliott. That man has gotten bigger and bigger every year. I've said that for, I think, a year now. This man has gained like 20 pounds since his rookie year, and I know he's gained a lot of muscle and he's a bowling ball, but they're really going to regret paying him. I know you probably have to say something about that, Ed. Oh, I do. Of course I do. And in seven, I had, there were a lot of games this week that literally meant nothing. The yeah. Lions and the Broncos, I could give a crap about with that game. Yeah, the Jaguars and the Falcons, wish I cared. I remember the score, to be honest. I do like that, though, because I do like what the Falcons have done in the second half of the season. The Falcons really did turn it around after a terrible start to the season. Clearly, they want to play for, um, I'm sorry. I'm Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, but... You know, if the Falcons can pick it up by this and keep it going next year, it's interesting to see what they can do. I gotta say, it is nice to see who's out of the playoffs and who's actually still fighting for their coaches and stuff. I think it means something going into the next season. Absolutely, it means like a little bit. But I think it always it, it's, it's a lot of stability at. for a team. Yeah. If your if your team's struggling, but your players want to play for your coach, yeah. I think that's a very good future like for your team. When you see team. the Broncos being the Lions, you can tell like the Broncos they're getting behind this rookie QB Drew Locke, and they're yes. kind of getting behind Vangio, Vic Vangio, Vic Vangio, Vic Vangio yeah. a little bit. And you see the Lions, they're just. They're David Blah. <laughs> That's all we're gonna say about that. And those are my seven. That's what I got. Uh, I mean, I, I look. You're gonna talk about the Zeke point. I, yeah. they, Zeke, did exactly what he needed to do. He wanted to get paid. He wanted. Oh no! The Full respect paid to Zeke. Back. You gotta take your money. He exactly. did what he had to do. In terms of people saying that Zeke has not been great this year yeah he's not been great he hasn't been the Zeke that we all know but there have been so many factors that have been involved in that they've tried to be a more balanced offense the offensive line hasn't been as good Mm -hmm. they've tried to pass a little bit more and that's just taken away from Zeke Zeke hasn't been included in the passing game as much for Dallas and that's just something that I just will never wrap my head around but I digress Zeke needed to be a part of this team for them to have a chance. They are in this spot. Granted, it is a very, very shitty spot that they're in because they couldn't beat the Buck Eagles. 
But again, language. They, wow. They didn't. They didn't win the game. Plain and simple. So now we're at this point where the Cowboys have to win. And the Cowboys would not be in this position if they did not have Zeke for the entire season. They would have been cooked about a month and a half ago. See, I think I'm Tony Polaroid, a.k.a. Tony Polaroid. We're calling him Tony Polaroid on this podcast. Tony Polaroid works for me. Tony Polaroid works. It's a fitting nickname. I think I just think running back is the most replaceable position in football. No, I'm definitely getting on board with that this season. Running back really is just the most replaceable position and... I mean, I love, seven yeah, and I eight. Love, I love myself some running backs. Like, I really do. But I really think it's so, so easy to replace guys like, look, Zeke's a really good running back. Don't get me wrong. He's probably still top five in the league. Maybe. I, I, we can honestly debate that because running back is such an easy position to be good at. I'm not he saying is. I can play running back he in the is. NFL right now, but I just think it's the easiest position to replace somebody in football. But now you, you say it's the easiest position to replace, but we just saw on Monday night what happened when the heaviest running true. team in the yeah, league, no, second heaviest running true. team in the league behind Seattle in Minnesota, just said, okay, we're going to take a stud from the preseason, and we're going to throw him back there, and we're going to try and give it to him 15 times and see what happens. And didn't work. He was useless. No, that's Mike, Bo- Mike Boone was useless. After in the preseason, he was a star. He ran for about 130 rushing yards and – Look great. People were saying, oh, he's the backup to Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, who? And he went out there, laid an egg, and they used Amir Abdullah. Granted, it was a negative game script and all that, but still, Mike Boone, everyone was talking about him. Fantasy was one of the hot waiver pickups of the week because it was Monday night, it was Minnesota, everything added up to be just a wonderful little ad, but it didn't It didn't pay out. No, it didn't terrible. pay out. You talk about Mike Boone in the preseason, too. Now, what did you tell me before that game? He was a stud in the preseason. You he was a stud in the preseason? Actually, sorry, I think your direct quote was, you have to watch the preseason games. That's where you learn the stuff You have to watch the preseason games. But do you really? I would argue you don't have to watch preseason games because clearly you learn nothing about Mike Boone because he came in here and he was nothing like what he was in the preseason. I blame Kirk Cousins on Monday night. <laughs> I, that stat is something I can't get over. Was he 0-8? He's 0-9 now. 0-9 now. 0-9 now. Very impressive. At that point, is it, is it even something that we're looking at as, oh, maybe he's just losing specific games or whatever it is? If you're 0-9 in primetime Monday Night Football, maybe you really just aren't the guy. Like, maybe there really is a problem with you yeah, playing sure. on Monday night, which I, I don't get it, but clearly there's a problem. All right, Ed, what do you got? Uh, the thing I learned, I'm going back to the Cowboys. Uh, here we go. I'm uh, getting myself ready to go here. I'm very surprised. Uh Jason Garrett needs to be fired immediately. Whoa! Uh, Whoa. You, learned yeah. that, you learned that in week. 16? Yeah, I think I've been saying this for the last, I think, like six years I now. Think everybody's been saying that for the past six yeah. years. Yeah. Um, Find me someone who hasn't said that Jason Garrett needs to be fired. Someone who lives with the host, I can say you say some very disgusting things about your leader. What leader? He's who, not. What does he lead? Well, no, he did give that pump up speech. Don't forget about that. Oh yes, they gave the, the one. They gave the, the one, one like the one two weeks ago. Speech. I think it the was one pump up speech he gave in, in six years. A ten, bunch of players what, against the Rams. Yeah, a bunch of players came out. Like, That's the greatest pump up speech I've ever heard. Yeah, it worked yeah, real okay. well. It really carried on week to week because you guys just lost the division. I mean, for the sake of my guy Dak Prescott, I'm a big Dak fan. Jason Garrett's got to go. Yeah, Jason Garrett has to go. I mean, how how has Garrett been the head coach of this team for ten years? They haven't made it to a single conference championship. They're supposed to be the biggest team in the sport. One of the biggest franchises in the history of professional sports. Hey, but those viewership numbers, though. Yeah. They're the most watched team in the league. And they haven't made a conference championship in 10 years. And meanwhile, Jerry Jones said, okay, we're going to fire Jimmy Johnson after he won his second Super Bowl. We're going to fire him because I want more power. Jason, Jason Garrett is a yes man 
to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is not interested in winning. Jerry Jones is interested in someone that is going to kiss his ass in the right spot and make it worthwhile. That's it. That's all he's interested in. It doesn't matter that Dak Prescott may be playing hurt. It doesn't matter that Ezekiel Elliott may not be the guy that we all thought he was coming into the season. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott was probably destined to have a down year after training in Cabo and doing what he did, then coming back and not getting the training camp, the full offseason routine. Fine. Whatever. But the bottom line, what I saw in Philadelphia was plain and simple. The team has given up on Jason Garrett. Plain and simple. The only guy who still believes in him is the guy, the fucking idiot, that is still signing his checks. Simple. Now, but was this loss, was it better for the Cowboys' future? Because yeah, I, do I don't think they had the team to win the Super Bowl this year with, uh, with or without Jason Garrett. But clearly the move for the future is to move on from him, and I think this loss might have solidified that. Do you that. think they're actually going to fire him? Well, for, yeah, first of all, do well, you think he, so? Because put it this way, they have to assign him to a contract, they have to let him walk. So he, he's out of contract. After, this after, is his contract year. Yeah, this is yes. his contract year. You talk so, about contract years with players. Players come out, they ball out in their contract years. You have guys putting up numbers that they'll never put up again in their career yeah. in their contract years. And Jason Garrett is here looking like a wet paper bag as a coach. It's well unreal. Put it this way. I think I think Demarcus Lawrence really summed it up, Cowboys defensive end, really summed it up quite well. When he said, you can have all the talent in the world like the Cowboys do. Because I, I would say that the Cowboys probably, when you look at their 53-man roster, from guy number one to guy number 53, they probably have one of the top four or five rosters yeah, I would, in five. the entire league. I would agree with that, definitely. Without question. They, but they have studs everywhere. Demarcus Lawrence said, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you have no direction to lead that talent, talent is useless. And that is 100% right. The coaching staff in Dallas, from Jason Garrett to Rod Marinelli to Kellen Moore, who the last few weeks, his offensive play calling has been a complete disgrace. And, I mean, there's one there's one instance I'll just point out really quick before we move on, is your season is pretty much on the line against Philadelphia, and your number one receiver is on the bench because you want to go for a two-tight-end look? Are you kidding me? Yeah, there were some interesting are you, formations. Are you kidding me? And you throw the fate to Michael Gallup. Yeah, like, what? And it's also been prevalent all season that Zeke is just not on the field and for important third downs. I mean, their formation. Yeah, but they'll throw to him on fourth down, on, on fourth down like nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not following. it's ridiculous. I'm not really and seeing what the game plan is. The there is no time. game plan. They do this no. all the time. They get hyped up before the season, and they fall flat. Not yep. They don't just fall flat. They go 8-8. Eight and eight. They go eight and eight every time. Literally flat. It's flat. It's about as flat as you can be. It's Garrett's specialty, and hopefully I'll never have to see this ever again. Okay, so after that, wow. Okay. That was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Your face is a little red right now. It is. It's very red. I'm I'm boiling. Okay. Uh, Outside of the top two seats, who has the best chance to make a Super Bowl run? Brett, go. AFC, I chose the Chiefs. I think that was the obvious choice. I think, yeah. You had to go that way. I can't argue with that at all. Like I said before, their defense looks better than last year. The only problem I have with them is the running game. Shady McCoy's awful. Yeah, he's, he's done. He's done. Uh, Damian Williams, I mean, he's okay, but that's the only problem where I just you watch the Chiefs and I even I can't even recall them running the ball in a game. I just, no. Like, 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 it's just that bad to change a game and to actually make an effect yeah, in the run it's game. Once I, this I, season, I remember I really, Damian Williams like eighty yard touchdown against the Vikings. That's the only play I remember from the Chiefs running game. So it was the Chiefs for the AFC. 
In the NFC, I chose two teams since we don't really know the you know this, uh, the standings yet, how the rank is going to be. I picked the Saints and the Seahawks. So the Saints, the Pope tweeted hashtag Saints and the Saints logo came up. Yeah. They're making the Super Bowl, man. The past two years, what's been going on with them? It's their destiny to make the Super Bowl. I mean that's that that Pope tweet, that Pope tweet. There's something about yes, it. Yes, there's and, something about the Pope and tweet I'm, and the Lamar Jackson signed jersey given to the Pope. There's something about that going on where those two are probably going to meet in the Super Bowl. I like that take. I definitely agree with that. Two, I chose Seattle. It's the Super Bowl. A minute left in the game. They're at the one. They give it to Marshawn Lynch. They score so, and they win. I was thinking that's that the as soon as it came up, the Seahawks. I mean, Pete Carroll's been dying on that hill he built himself about always passing the ball in fourth down in the red zone and all that stuff. But I really think in some way he's playing the long game hoax where he wants everyone to think that's what he's going to do and then Marshawn Lynch comes in and he gets that rushing touchdown. I want touchdown. that so bad. I want that more than you can imagine. I think yeah. that would be such a great storyline. It would just be fantastic. Yeah, so I also think the 49ers are probably going to beat Seattle this week just because Seattle's playing with two 40-year-old men in their backfield. But I then mean, again, you then again, you don't know. You I never mean. know, especially with the Seahawks lately. You exactly. really don't know what the hell they're going to produce. Yeah. And, I mean, as far as the NFC, the Saints and the Seahawks, like, even including, like, the Packers and the 49ers, let's say they were the one and the two seeds, I still like the Saints and the Seahawks over, over the Packers and the 49ers. I don't really buy the Packers. No, I haven't I, really I just, been buying them at all. Like, they don't have, like, a signature win for me. I don't know, unless you could name one. But I really like they got I, I pummeled can't. by the Niners on that Sunday night football. No, game. they don't have one. They haven't really faced. I don't know. They haven't faced anybody. They haven't faced the Saints. They haven't faced the Seahawks. They haven't faced the 49ers yet. Or, I mean, they did, and they got pumped. So I don't really believe in the Packers. The 49ers. I don't know. There's just something about the Niners. They're just a young team. They just look at that one. That young one seed that's gonna just. I'm excited. Fall flat. I'm excited for their future. Definitely excited Def- for the future. No, of course. But this Both season. A god. Exactly. But so I picked the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Those are my three. I also had the Chiefs and the Saints. Um, I mean, the, the Chiefs right now in in big games it looks like they can beat anyone it, with that defense. Their offense is just unreal. I didn't really have much to say negative about them. I mean, obviously there's the fact that their defense has been subpar in the beginning of the year. Fair. Um, as far as the Saints, the Saints are similar, but they have a better defense overall. I like the Saints that they can win. They've won. What was the score of that that Cowboys Saints game? It was a, it was a close one. It was, it was like thirteen to ten. It was thirteen yeah, to ten, I believe. Yeah. And that was with the backup quarterback. They proved that they can win in a group, in a low scoring gritty game. And then they come out against the 49ers and they could also win in a high scoring flashy all offense game. So that clearly helps. But at the same time, they lost to the Falcons. They started this Falcons win streak. The Saints lost to the 49ers. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Fifty one forty eight. Fraud. Okay, my fault. <laughs> but still, they, they showed that no. they could put the offense nah, up, yeah, and the no, numbers are there. Really, yeah. They can score points. Like a team like the 49ers, yeah. whose defense has been pummeling people this season, I mean, they came out and they, they put up those no, numbers. So still, it's it's still worth noting that they can do the numbers yet. like that. Ed, what did you have for your uh, two teams? Well, I have the Chiefs, and another one I'm talking about, and this is saying that if the Seahawks do win, um, I'll talk about them. The San Francisco 49ers, I mean, look, they have proven time and time and time again that they can win the big games. And if, let's say they don't win. Let's say Seattle does beat them on Sunday. And let's say that the 49ers are, for some ungodly reason, are playing on Wild Card Weekend and they're going to the winner of the NFC East, whether it's Dallas or whether it is Philadelphia. I don't, that team doesn't have a chance. That team does not have a chance in hell of beating the 49ers. No way. No way. I'm on the I'm on the wagon as they will have a chance. Oh. You think the Eagles have a chance to beat the 49ers? I think the Eagles have a chance to beat the 49ers at home. I mean, I, I mean I buy Something it. Something about I the don't Eagles, they just they play well when they have to. 
Yeah, the Eagles have been an interesting story this year with all these injuries they've had, and they're winning the games they need to win. I mean, their record's as good as it can be with the injuries they've had. Any given Sunday. But I, I look at I look at Jimmy Garoppolo and I say I say you know what I, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo guy I'll preface that to start mm-hmm. but he's gotten the job done exactly, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. Debo Samuel has stepped up since Emmanuel Sanders was traded there Emmanuel Sanders has looked decent enough where you, can you never can have probably, too many options in the past exactly you can have too many never to have too many options and of course George Kittle who has been probably the best overall tight end in football this year. You look at that offense and what they can do. They finally found a guy in the running game in Raheem Mostert that looks competent enough to lead the way for the running game where they can have a balanced enough offense. And give credit to Kyle Shanahan. Give credit to John Lynch. They've put together an unbelievable squad of players. And that's before we even talk about the defense and how good that defense has been. And listen, I just, I you could talk about all you want, you can talk about the Saints defense, how good it is. You can talk about the Seattle Seahawks and how they have Russell Wilson and all that. You can talk about Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. You can talk about Carson Wentz, even though I don't think he's very good, but that's for another day. I think the 49ers, top to bottom, they are the best team in the NFC. And I think whether they are the one seed, whether they are the five seed, I think they're going to make a deep run. And I think at the very least... They should be making it to the NFC Championship game I would agree. to potentially go to the Super Bowl. I, I mean, think. a good pass rush wins you Super Bowls, and that's what they have. Yep, they do. All right, Ed, do you want to uh, start us off with fantasy awards? You want to give us your MVP? I just want to. I just go ahead. One more thing. Do you guys give the Texans any chance at no, all? No. No. The Bills? No. The Bills? Yes. The Bills to to win a game. Wait, I'm sorry. Was this to to win the Super Bowl or to win a, in a, like a playoff game as a five or six seed or whatever? Deep playoff run. That's deep deep playoff, playoff run. run? You know. I can't really. I guess for these teams, we consider deep playoff run conference championship. I, I, I could see the Bills making the conference championship, but I, I wouldn't put money on it. Like They have the players. They have the, the wins this season. They've competed with the Patriots both times they've played them, which is, uh, you know, it's always impressive. To they're do not. That, especially as the Bills. I mean. If the Bills have to go to Baltimore, they're not They're not beating the Ravens. They're, not, they're not beating the Ravens. They, they do not match up well against the Ravens. No. Can they beat New England? They can. I would not. They can. Do I think that they will? No. All right. What about the Titans? You don't give the Titans any chance if they if they if they make with, it. With the way Ryan Tannehill's playing, who the hell knows? I think I put the Titans and the Bills right about the same level. Where mm-hmm. if they win, I'll believe it so much more. But I want to see them win that one playoff game. I really can't put much money into it. Give the Steelers any chance if they make it? No. no. I don't think no, so. Nope. Not with that no. quarterback play nope. in the playoffs. If the Raiders get that miracle where the the five scenarios happen this week, and they actually make the playoffs. Do you give them any chance at all? If all there four. Was a, if there was all a four. Go Raiders. If this was Think for them, if they make it, who are they pl- they're playing the Chiefs in the first round because the Chiefs are like a lock for the three at this point. And that's a divisional game, and yeah. that's at our head. Hey, I don't think the anything. autumn wind is a pirate. If we were talking about the chance of the Raiders somehow win the division and they get a home game. I could buy into that all day long, but just because the fact that they're on the road, I I don't know. And then we don't, you guys don't give NFC's team any shot. No, no matter who it is, Cowboys, Eagles, you don't give them a chance. I'm I'm in and out with the Eagles. I mean, I watch them play, and I I, like I I give them some chance, but I don't really, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Like yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like, like when I, I when I'm watching when I'm watching them, I can see it. But one of these two teams just goes eight and eight. I'm gonna give the phrase on paper. I I just can't really nah. see it. You know and what I'm saying? Yeah. We all give the Vikings a chance, right? No, no. especially no. if especially no. with no cook. There's no. If Dalvin plays, then, then maybe it's a different story. But if yeah, they but if they have to go, you're to... not trusting Kirk Cousins, which no. would probably be in New Orleans. Yeah, no, they have yeah. to go to New Orleans and play the Saints. 
Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. All right. So let's go and jump to some fantasy football awards. We're just going to do this uh, really quickly because we have an absolute shit ton of stuff to get through. Um, all right. MVP. Uh, Tim, go uh, ahead. I'm gonna Who's be your MVP? I'm going to be Mr. White Bread over here. I really think that the MVP is just Kamara. Like, I... To, Kamara. Kamara, sorry, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Whoa, I was going to say. No, wow, big slip, big slip. I'm sorry. Whoa. I thought you were making a joke. I thought you were just trying to get him to go crazy over here. You know, oh, maybe, maybe I was, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, McCaffrey, I'm sorry. McCaffrey was 150 points clear of the next running back. He had one single-digit performance, and he had 13 games of 20 points. Like, that's unreal. I that took Alvin Kamara over him in a fantasy league. That hurts. But, you know, a lot of people were doing that preseason, so you really can't kick yourself in the butt too much for that. I mean, the MVP, there's not much discussion between McCaffrey, Jackson, and Thomas, in my opinion. But McCaffrey, just the fact that he cleared the next running back by 150 uh, yeah, points, absurd. that's that. unreal. Brett, uh, go ahead. I went a little different with this one. Oh, God. I didn't pick Thomas. I didn't pick Jackson. I didn't pick McCaffrey. Oh, boy. Well, you already got out of my board. I picked co-MVPs. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker. Oh, my God. God. You know how many leagues they won? How many? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm but sorry. they won a whole lot of leagues. I mean, a lot of leagues. If we're talking in terms of that, I mean, I thought you had a number for it. No, no yeah, I don't have no, an exact I, number. I was going to say. You know how many people had Ryan Fitzpatrick? Actually, they released a stat in, like, a couple weeks, actually, where it shows, like, who was, like, most owned on a fantasy, like, championship team. I bet you Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker are going to be very high on that list. Most likely. You pay literally nothing for them, and they drop, like, 50 points combined for, like, four weeks in a row. So your MVP is a yeah. stack, is what you're saying. My MVP is the stack. It's of not just a it's stack, it's the it's stack. It's the stack. It's the stack of the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker. Those are my two co fantasy MVPs. I, Ed, did you see that coming? Because no. I did not you see that. No, but I mean, those are my you know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Matt, you got MVP? I got Rome, my boy Lamar Jackson here. I traded him... I traded for him, and he single-handedly changed my season around. It's a shame I didn't make it to the championship based off of a stat correction, Mr. Brett Mayer. Thank you very much. But, hey, that's life. So Just hey. uh, going to my stats that I brought up on, Kamara, on uh, McCaffrey. I almost did it again, Kamara. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson this season, his lowest performance was 11. He had two games under 20. He had two games that's under 20 insane. fantasy points. I, mean, he's like he seven. Had, I, I went with he had nine games over 28. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Holy Toledo. Yeah. But All right, well, I'm, I'm the one guy you didn't mention. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Yep. 145 catches. And this is PPR, obviously. If if you weren't in PPR, then then maybe he may not had that kind of game-breaking sort of season. But in PPR, there's no question well, about it. First of all, you should be in PPR. You should be in PPR. If you're playing, if you're still playing non-PPR and you're still playing Week 17 championships, shame on you. Jump off the GW. <laughs> 145 catches. 1688 receiving yards through 16 games, nine touchdowns, an absolutely ridiculous 11.6 yards per reception. I mean, what what hasn't Michael Thomas done? He has not had a single digit performance yet this season. I mean, he he's he's a god. He is a god. And I mean, I'm I'm this is another take for another day, but I'm taking him number one in fantasy drafts next year, and wow. especially yeah. especially in PPR and. There just isn't much that will probably end up changing my mind Is about that. Is he the that. best receiver in the league? Yes, oh, without, without, question. Doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without question. And now, the thing I love about it the most is that he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest or anything like no, that. No, he just, he just, just gets he's open just and he's unguardable. He just gets open. Can't guard him. Can't guard Mike. 
Could I add on that if you started Michael Thomas, which you most likely did in your playoff game, you got 30, 30, and 31 from him, so mm-hmm. that most likely gave you a shot to win a championship. That playoff run really just did it. That, oh. that was crazy. Those man. last three weeks for him are golden. All right, so what are we on, best value? Yes, best you wanna, value. You want to go first? I'll start it off, and uh, my best value is Austin Eckler. He had 511 yards rushing and 123 attempts, but PPR, again, 83 receptions for 950 yards with 11 total touchdowns. His ADP was in round six, and you got a guy that was going to be an RB1 with Melvin Gordon holding out to start the season, and you got him in the sixth round? I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets in, in terms of in terms of the steal. I mean, there are other guys like considered like Devontae Parker was one, Devin Singletary was another, Miles Sanders was another. But in terms of a guy that you could just use for 16 weeks and you could plug – play and you could sleep better at night with I mean there was just no better value yeah, than, than Austin Eckler that was the best thing about him 16 weeks you didn't expect it especially when Melvin came back you thought nope. he'd fall off a little bit mm. no, it was, well, he just kept it going his floor was 12 points every single week I mean if you can get you can get RB2 production from that sort of guy where you're, you know you can get 12 points and then have an opportunity for even greater production every single week I mean that's that's just that's ridiculous value there. So, Austin Eckler, that's the best value I got. Definitely. Brett, what do you got? I picked uh, MVP, Big Trust, Lamar Jackson for best value. Mm-hmm. I think he was going in, like, what, the 10th through 13th round in most yeah. fantasy leagues this yep. year. A lot of people didn't pick him too high. He went behind guys like Jameis Winston this year. Yep. So, I think in our league, he went undrafted. Yes. We have a 10-man keeper league, and he literally went undrafted. Shamefully. I mean, I was looking through these before we did this, and you can make a case for almost every one of these positive awards that Lamar Jackson deserves to win. It, uh, given his ADP and his production this year, it's it's almost remarkable what he did. Nah, yeah, you said everything you need to say about Lamar. 28 points for, what, nine? Nine games, 28 points. His lowest performance was 11 points. The stats speak for itself on it. Exactly. Uh, for my value pick, I was kind of stuck between two people, one of which you'll appreciate greatly, Ed. I had uh, Dak Prescott, and uh, I had Chris Godwin, too. Um, oh, that's a die right there. Dak Prescott was the 16th quarterback off the board and uh, on average ADP, and he came out with 308 points at QB4. I mean, that's quite impressive. And Chris Godwin, 19th wide receiver off the board, and he finished number two. And that he's number two to Michael Thomas, who's absolutely breaking yeah. records left and right. And this is Chris Godwin. He finished number two. He was a number two yeah. wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I can double check that for you, but I think he's number two at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I think he. I think he is. Chris Godwin two. was the number two wide receiver. Yeah. Can't wait to have him and Lamar Jackson as my keepers going into next season. And uh, I'll start us off on the breakout round too. So for my breakout performance, I had Austin Eckler. I mean. Austin Eckler was up 120 points on his uh, performance last year, and that's with Melvin Gordon coming back. He's in a loaded backfield, and he's up 120 points from last year. That's, I mean, Austin Eckler really did have a breakout season, and it didn't even seem like it because it's almost like we expected it. I'll go next. I wrote down three names for this one. It was hard to pick. Uh, DJ Shark. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like that. He came out of literally that's, nowhere. That's a true that's breakout. Good. Dalvin Cook. He finally stayed healthy all year. He finished what running back two on the season in McCaffrey. Uh, I I, so. uh, actually no, I think he was a little bit lower than that. Really? He was number. He was run by three. Uh, run by three. Aaron Jones. Oh, okay. Devin Cook. I mean, we all knew he had the talent. He finally stayed healthy. Maybe he not breakout talent wise, but as far as fantasy production. Yeah, as far as fantasy production for the season. 
He's going to be a top three pick next year, most likely. And then I had Chris Godwin as my third one. He finished as the wide receiver, too, on the season. He completely broke out in the Bruce Arian system. And now he's probably going to pick, what, top two rounds next year? Without question. Oh, without doubt. Yeah. yeah. Without so, question. I picked those three just because it was hard to really boil it down to one. And those are my guys. And who was your uh, breakout performance? It's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, see, there it is. Lamar Jackson, man. He really it's could Lamar win. Jackson. He could win every award. I mean, we don't have to say it anymore. You guys know. Yeah, it's, I mean, you don't need to yeah. say it anymore. 3,000-plus passing yards, 36 passing touchdowns, six interceptions, 1,200 rushing yards to it's go the, with it. It's the rushing yards that does it for him. Broke the GOAT's rushing record, Michael Vick. Love you, Michael. <laughs> uh, seven rushing touchdowns. He's the runaway MVP for the league, and he's a fantasy breakout star. And I think really the only question now that we're going to be talking about is – you have a guy now that is a true hybrid in terms of he can throw, he can run. He's a pr- essential lock pending he can stay healthy for 40 touchdowns basically throughout the next two, three years. Potentially, you know, we'll be talking. Where do you even rank him in terms of where? I mean, Patrick Mahomes was going third round. And that was with 50 passing touchdowns. But now you have someone like Lamar Jackson who could give you that additional value with the rushing touchdowns. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I cannot wait for that Lamar Jackson first-round fantasy debate to come in like oh, June. God. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Gonna happen. How high do you think he's going to reach on that ADP? He's probably going to be at like – I'm going to go with 11 or 12 to start it He's QB1 next year without a doubt. Oh, yeah, without question. Without yeah. question. I'm, I'm honestly curious. I, I really think he could go first, one, first round and – he could be first round, and you could almost you couldn't even debate it. Like like at that at that point, you could he could be one of those rare quarterbacks that goes in the first round, and there's no one in the background going, "Oh my god, this guy just picked Lamar Jackson in the first round." I think he's actually worth the first I round. I cannot pick. wait to see his projections for next year's rushing projections on those fantasy apps. Oh, they love. They it's just be like fifteen hundred <laughs> yards and like sixteen um, oh. rushing touchdowns. You know. I could definitely say right now. I think I think when it all is said and done, I think he in twelve team leagues. I would say he's probably gonna settle at like the two three turn. I think is that it's where probably you should be going. No, I don't think he should be going there. I mean, I wouldn't take a quarterback there in any yeah. stretch. But I just think where that, he might be going based on people that are gonna want to pick him and say, "Oh, look, it's Lamar Jackson." Name value. In a common fantasy league. He's gonna go in the first round. Conn Fantasy League's a go in the first round, but if we're talking about, you know, more experienced players and we're talking about guys that know what they're doing, still, I think he's going to be looking at Lamar Jackson going in, like, the top 25 overall range. And I I don't think – in other years, I would say you're out of your mind. Exactly, yeah. But But this year's different. This this upcoming year, it might be different because you just have a guy that – he could rush him in, like I said. He could throw him. I mean, the questions were, can he throw a football? He answered them resoundingly, yes. And, I mean, he's he might be the best quarterback in the league right now, and that's in a QB-rich league where we have guys like Mahomes. We have guys like Deshaun Watson. We have Aaron Rodgers still. We have Tom Brady. We have Drew Brees. And Lamar Jackson may just trump them all. And, and it's crazy that, to think that 12 months ago we were having a debate as to whether Lamar Jackson can be that guy. And his answer to that question resoundingly is a big fact. Yes, he can be that guy. So we go from breakout stars. Let's go to biggest boss. I think we've sucked off Lamar Jackson enough. We've yeah, sucked off Lamar we, Jackson enough. Oh, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> the, the, producer, the producer wants the mic. Matt, who do you got? So 
I'm going to go with a rookie this year. Oh. A guy I took Ooh. in the third round, oh. Mr. David uh, Montgomery. Yeah. I'm not going to put this mostly on him. Yes, does he look like he's very unathletic, has trouble running the football, and is very iffy with catching? Absolutely. But Matt Nagy, I got some bad things to say about you, boss. <laughs> you used to recall way too much the fact that people were buying into the fact that this guy would be number one in the backfield, and he just straight up wasn't. That's all I got to say. Brett, who was your bust? So I actually wrote two. I had to put Alvin Kamara, and that's all I'm going to say about him. I'm going to leave that for you, Ed. I put Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Mm. For From weeks like, what, nine when he came back from injury, something like that, to like before last week, so weeks nine to like 15, I didn't hear his name like once. No. Nah. Well, and no, if you live in New York and you had to watch New York <laughs> football, you had you saw a lot of yeah, uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, true. Nobody talked about it. I know he got hurt. In the beginning of the year, he was hurt. He was out for a couple weeks. But when he came back, he stunk. I mean, to be honest, I don't have stats to prove it. Tim, you're getting the stats up right yeah, now. You want to read? You want to read it out? I mean, from from week nine on, after his injury, I mean, he had eight, eight, fourteen, nine, and then the last two weeks, thirty and forty-three. So if you did make it to the playoffs with Saquon Barkley, Which and you probably didn't because he sucked. For you. Exactly, but if you did and you made it out of that first round, I mean, Saquon Barkley, you, you couldn't call him a bust. How many touchdowns did he have before before he had the two thirty-point games? Uh, before the two thirty-point games, he had two touchdowns in the season. All season. Uh, that's like that's rushing, sorry. Uh, receiving, yeah, three. He had one more touch on that one, Kamara, up until two weeks ago. And I think he was what? Was he running back one or two off the board? He he was he had to be probably the first running back off the board. I like think on ADP. Most fantasy leagues, he was definitely the most likely player off the board. Yeah. In, oh, the, I doubt. in the three leagues I was in, Saquon went one in every single league. He went one in every single league. Yeah. yeah. So I think he was just a very like underrated pick where not too many people talked about how he just wasn't good for most of the season. No, it's definitely a fair pick. I mean, for my bust, I had uh, Baker Mayfield. Mm. I mean, he was the fourth QB in uh, ADP, and he uh, he finished 20th. <laughs> uh, he had two games over 20 points, and he had one game where he had negative points as a starting quarterback, which is just... Absurd? Uh, that's absurd. Come Can on. I endorse the Hulu curse here? If you were involved in a Hulu commercial, a la Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, or Todd Gurley, stay with me. That's a hot take. Uh, well, well, I can, I can well, actually we, get behind that. Well, we now can rule off Hulu ever being a sponsor of this podcast, so thank you very much for that. Yeah, we don't want we, you to. We, we, we don't want you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got it. Um, so my guy, much to Brett's disappointment, is not Alvin Kamara. It's not? It oh, is not Alex He's saving this one for later, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. The biggest bust, I have two of them. It is the two head honchos in Pittsburgh, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, James Conner, he just struggled to stay healthy all year long. I mean, there's just no question about he would it. He leave the first quarter with an injury every single yep. game. Yep. He started 10 out of a possible 16 games and probably finished about seven of them. And, and that may be a stretch. Oh, that stretch where he was he was coming back every week and then he's gone. First quarter, second quarter. Yeah, every single week. Every single week. And he wasn't very effective either. 116 carries, 464 yards rushing. That's about four yards a carry. That's not great at all. And then you look at Juju. I mean, look, I had questions about Juju coming into the year anyway. Uh, he His regression can really be traced back to the loss of Ben Roethlisberger and no Antonio Brown. So he saw a lot more double coverages and top corners without Antonio Brown there. But... I haven't lost faith in Juju yet, but next season it is a big, big, big year for Juju because if he doesn't produce again, whether it is Ben Roethlisberger, who is his quarterback or not, people are now going to start to ask the question, 
was Juju Smith-Schuster just a product of being Antonio Brown's number two, which was a big question coming into the year. I hate to agree with that because I do love Juju, but you know, I, I kept him in one league too, and I, I had a lot of doubts about it just because you never seen Juju as a number one receiver. Yeah. and. Clearly, he is the kind of guy where he's he's phenomenal as a second option. He, he can he can burn all the second best uh, cornerbacks in the league. But when you got him up against the number one guys and he's getting locked down, he really can't pull away like he could against number two. The only reason that he wasn't dropped is because he was juju. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, he was a droppable player for most of the season. Like oh, you, definitely. Like leaves in ten team leagues, you could have dropped him, and I I mean I don't think anybody was really going yeah, to be rushing to pick him up. Like week fourteen. Yeah, I, I just don't think people were really going to be rushing right. to pick him up. I mean, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stay on that juju bandwagon still. I think it's completely because of Big Ben getting hurt. I think for well, Biggest's no, point, that, that is true. Yeah. That is definitely true. No, no, not for Biggest's point. I just mean like I still believe just in, in general. Juju. Because you saw it with Antonio Brown too. Yeah. Oh yes, especially Tony yeah, Brown without Big Ben. Tony yeah, Brown never scored a touchdown with Big Ben being hurt. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Big Ben's obviously it's. No, Big Ben's a good. He's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Absolutely, get his players the balls, and he's thrown for five thousand yards before. He's like, and then it's Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Yeah, yeah. no, like, exactly. There's a big difference. He's a big drop off on the team. Uh, Tim, biggest disappointment. Who is it? Uh, biggest disappointment. Was, we're going let down for this, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Disappointment, so, let down. Yep. Whatever had, word you want to use. I had Aaron Rodgers for my biggest letdown this season. Okay. Ooh. Aaron Rodgers this season Ooh. had ten games under fifteen points. I, I like these stats, talking about like a certain credential and how many games you had above or uh, under that stat. Stats don't lie. Yeah. No, they really don't. And in fantasy, consistency really is key. And getting at least fifteen on your quarterback, especially from a guy like Aaron Rodgers, yep. is just what you need. Every, that's what you expect every week. He had so he had ten games under fifteen this year. Last year he had two. Jeez, I mean that's just, and that's with come on. Look at these receivers he has. I know he lost um, Devontae Adams for a little bit, but these other guys have shown they can get down the field. And they and can he's, catch balls. He's still Aaron Rodgers, and he's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. He has a good running def- uh, running uh, offense behind him too. He should be able to make something happen. But ten games under fifteen, that's just unacceptable from a guy like him. I don't understand how that happened. Uh, Again, he's another guy that you could have very easily just dropped and I don't think people would have really been running to the waiver wire to go get him. I think just that's because he hasn't done anything. That's someone that people definitely were scared to drop. Cause, of but, course. Because he always has that upside. Yeah, you know what he can yeah. do. You, it's, you, a name, it's a name yeah, value. You never know. Yeah. You could go out there and drop 400, four touchdowns. But I, can, no uh, but I can guarantee you that not many people were starting him in championships. No. The kid I played, he had him on his bench. Yeah, I'm not surprised. MVP Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. No, neither am I. All right. I Brad, got who's a, your disappointment? I got a couple. I got David Johnson. Hell oh. of the year, he just oh. literally disappeared. Oh, don't yeah. talk about time. David Johnson. Yeah. yeah. He literally I'll, disappeared. I'll talk about him later. I put Mike Williams. It was pretty personal to me, but Mike Williams was still being looked at as a, a high-round, mid-round pick. Yeah. And he, he, you just couldn't start him. You couldn't do it. I put Baker and Odell, both picked very high in the draft. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Literally, Tim, you said it before, finished 20th as a quarterback, picked him fourth overall as a QB. Oh. Both had a rough season. I took Sony Michelle. Ah, okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people were 50-50 on Michelle. I think maybe more 60-40 as far as Sony Michelle will be very good running back this year, well, especially was, after the playoff run. He was kept in our league, too. A lot of people were high on him, especially yeah. going into the season, there was talks he's going to catch more passes. He was getting a lot of hype. He was starting to get to like the third round of drafts. And just like Mike Williams and David John, just like everybody else I said, you don't even talk about them anymore. No, no. Like, you couldn't even consider starting Michelle at the end of the season. You don't hear his name ever. He runs just for, like, 30 yards per game. I'll talk ever. about it later, but the death of David Johnson, man, that's something I just did not see coming. No. I really couldn't see it he coming. Literally, like, he was having a good season, too. He had a couple 20-point games, and then he's just dropped off. He I don't know if you want to blame him on an injury or you think it's just 
just how the way their offense is going, and they got Kenyon Drake, and they just kept it running with he him. He didn't fit into what Cliff Kingsbury wanted to no. do, and he's not going to be on the Cardinals next That's, year. I believe they're, they're that. Opt. I just think he didn't fit into the system. He's a patient running back, yeah. and I think in the Cardinals offense, you see a lot of shotgun for Murray, and they do a lot of like outside-the-edge handoffs, get the running back on the edge. Mm-hmm. And Kenyon Drake's just a faster guy, and David Johnson's more of a patient guy. Get ready for 1,500 yards uh, scrimmage from uh, David Johnson next year. Oh, I'm, ready. I'm so ready yep. for it. Can't wait. All right, bro, I'll look at you in the eyes when I tell you this one. Yeah, I know it's coming. Yeah, this is the one. The biggest disappointment without question, without any shadow of a doubt, is Alvin Kamara. The gangster. The gangster himself. My gangster. Before week 16... Kamara had only two total touchdowns all year long that came in the same game. Yeah. It was a good game. The same game. How many did he have last year? It was something like 16 or 15? He's averaged about 14 touchdowns a year. Yes. Yes. And this year, this year going into week 17, he has four. 1,300 yards from scrimmage this past year. Not terrible. Not terrible by any stretch. But if you can't score touchdowns in fantasy – you will be absolutely useless. He had 18 touchdowns last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about averaging the first. Well, averaging yeah. fine, but just let down. It's perfect for argument. I mean, look, you picked a guy in the first round, you expect him to ball out. Kamara was not that. He was a, and this is being very nice, he was a RB, mid RB2 at best. At best. And there were many points where. For me personally, I wanted to bench Kamara, but I just couldn't do it because it was Kamara. I kept saying to myself, it has to come, it has to come, it has to come, it has to come. That's the name value. The name it just value never kills did. You. It, ne- it never did. I usually don't fall for that name value stuff, but, but with him, it's just Alvin Kamara. It's just with him. You just know what he's capable you, you of. Had to, you had to play him. He could him be on one leg, and I'll still play him. You wanted to ride or die with Kamara, given who's your first your first round pick, and... He let you. I mean, he let you down. That's and why you picked Kamara so early because you know he's going to get receptions. Yep. Which he did. He did get receptions. He got a decent yep. amount of receptions. And you just you thought he would get goal line touches, and they yep. just never came. But I mean, I blame this on the Sean Payton, Drew Brees trying to get in the record. I mean, I'll buy into that narrative any day of the week. Sean Payton and Drew Brees is here. Sean Payton. He had an agenda. Passing touchdowns for Drew Brees so he could break. Brett Favre was it Brett? No, Peyton Manning's all-time touchdown. And not no. just Pet Force. And I should have known that because I said that before the season, but I still picked my gangster. He also forced him to Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Because that's his QB he defeat. Fetch. He, oh, he has an absolute fetish for him. Okay, so we're gonna go into our uh, personal fantasy takes for the year. We're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap it up, and then we're gonna talk about some strategy for next year. Um, my personal fantasy take is very, very simple. Uh, fuck fantasy. I absolutely hate it. And I am so glad that it is done. I won't miss it until June. I have a very personal take. I will not pick the same first-round pick as Ed Birdsall ever again. Fair. Two years in a row, we have taken Alvin Kamara. Yep. The year before, we took Odell was a high-end pick for both of us. Yep. And that's all I got. But I don't care. That's my, that's my take. No, no. It's all you need is two. That's I, all you need. All you all need is two, two, and you can make something happen. Yeah, and I will never take the same first-round pick as Brett Merritt. I will never take the same sixth-round pick as Brett Merritt again. Never. I'll take a little bit more of a positive. Yeah. A little bit of <laughs> please, a different take. Please, please do. Bring some sunshine back. I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious what you guys have to say about this. I think that every 10- to 12-man league should be a three-wide receiver league. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Looking at it this year, I mean, I was looking at my roster before, and before I, I did make a little bit of a, a crazy trade. I, I decided to trade Terry McLaurin, who, because I'm in a two wide receiver format, never saw the starting lineup for uh, Josh Gordon. But before that, I had 
on my bench, I had Terry McLaurin, Tyrell Williams, John Brown, guys who I just no, couldn't find space for in the starting lineup. I think there's enough good receivers in the league right now that every every league should be a, a three receiver league. I like okay. I take, and that's I like in a, a that's in a fourteen man league, but I'm being generous because I think a lot of fourteen man leagues you could find spots where it's hard to find a third receiver. Fair. And one last thing, yeah, just name some names, best keeper values. I don't know if you guys had some written down. I'm, oh. I mean, I had Lamar Jackson. I had okay, to wait. I had Lamar, I do, yeah, I had Devin Singletary because he was a late round pick. DJ Chark because you picked him up. And I had Waller and Andrews at the tight ends. Darren Waller. I had A.J. Brown on there. A.J. Brown, wide receiver 84 coming into the season. Wide receiver wow. 84. And he came into that league with uh, yep. with uh, t- Ryan Tannehill. Yep. All right, boys. Uh, before we start talking about some Christmas basketball, we got one more football, and I'm going to wrap it up. Um, quick draft strategy going into next season. was one thing that you are going to overemphasize going into next year? For me, it's landing a top-tier tight end. I've been against it Ooh. for so many years, and I finally have learned my lesson that having a top-tier tight end just gives you such an advantage over everybody else. So next year, I will emphasize getting one of Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, or George Kittle in most, if not all, of my leagues. And then, of course, you have the secondary guys like Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram, but those four guys, I will really make sure that I overemphasize going and getting. Because in a lot of my championships, I was playing Travis Kelsey. I was playing George Kittle, Zach Ertz. And I was stuck with guys like Tyler Higby, someone that I you know managed to pick up and ride. He was good enough for me. But still, not having that consistent production from the tight end position over the course of the season did cost me some wins. So that is something that I am definitely looking to go ahead and emphasize when I go into drafts uh, next season. Tim? I learned um, the hard way this season. Don't make early season trades. I've done it before. I've had success not doing it in the past. Um, I got involved in a trade this year, early in the season. I traded Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun Jackson for David Johnson, Odell Beckham, I'm sorry, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs. I was getting death threats. I was getting people saying my team was too good. The league was over. The league was over. Give me the money. Put my name on the trophy. And that trade fell through so hard. I couldn't even believe it. And you know what, Jared? I'm glad you're here for this because, you know, (laughs) this really was the trade that put my team in the grave. I think with those four people that I named that I got rid of, I only needed Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams. My team could have been an easy lock for a second round of the playoffs. And because of that, I missed playoffs, mostly due to the format of our league that has to do with divisions. And one of our divisions did have um, all of the highest scores, and the other one had all of the lowest scores. Hey, that division won the championship. Yeah, hey, that division won the championship, and yes. That division won the championship. That's besides the point, because I'm going to sit here and just wallow in my own fucking death. What, what do we call that, Tim? The beta division. Arts the art of, of the, the deal. deal. The art of the deal fell through for me. And I will not be making a trade before week eight next year unless it involves a single player for a single player. Brett, what did you learn this season? Um I don't really I mean I don't really have much for this topic. I just have I think pick the guys that you like. It's always fun to have guys that Definitely. you like on your fantasy team. It's never fun Definitely. to have a guy that you hate. Like I don't like Derrick Henry. I, I know Derrick Henry seems to be a very good player. I probably will still never pick Derrick Henry. I will still take Alvin Kamara because I do believe he's a good player. Ugh. But like sticking sticking with guys that you like, it's always you know more fun that way. And then a second point would be don't fall in love with last year's stats. It's so easy to look at last year's stats and think, oh, they're going to do the same thing again. But I think you always have to be realistic. Like, is Michael Thomas really going to put up 145 receptions again? 
I mean, well, Michael might, Thomas, okay, Michael Thomas, so. maybe. <laughs> you might think so, but, but you know, no, the point you is, don't fall it. in love with last year. Don't think it's literally going to happen again, the same exact thing that happened the year before, because it never does. No matter, like, how weird it is to think, like, it won't. Like, before the draft, at the draft, you think, there's no way this is going to happen, but it does. So there you go. All right, that is it for our prolonged football segment of the show. You knew it was going to be long. Of, co- of course it was. I knew, I knew that was coming. Uh, so now we're going to talk about some Christmas basketball. Christmas hoops. Some Christmas hoops. The first game of the day. Celtics 118 and the Raptors 102. My big takeaway from the game. Jalen Brown is really damn good. Yeah, Jalen Brown is really damn good. Thirty points. The first thing I had about this game was that Jalen Brown looks like he might be worth the money. He, I think he might be. Thirty points, six boards, four assists, five of seven from deep. They paid him. They paid, oh, yeah, they paid him. Contract. I'm not the best promoter. I think he got about 80, 80 million, right? Yeah, yeah nice 80, contract. Four years, 80 million, I think. Wow. I mean, yeah, no, he got a nice contract. And he's been worth season. every signing. He's bald now. Yeah. Yeah, he shaved there. He doesn't have the little fro going on. I haven't watched basketball like all year. He's bald now. Yes. And he has been worth every penny. All right, and so are you, you want to go? Keep going, keep going. No, I was going to go on to my point of the taste of the game. Go, go ahead, go ahead. All right. I didn't watch the game, I'm going to be honest. It it's was Christmas, pretty, Christmas morning. It's happening at like 12 o'clock. Like, yeah, yeah, no. celebrating Santa Claus. <laughs> so my take, um, I don't really have much to say. I love Pascal Siakam. Spicy P. Yeah. Spicy P, that's my guy. I love long players that could shoot pretty well. He's one of those guys. Yeah. And the Taco Fall Brad Stevens video from the other night before the Raptors game. Awesome. When, when Brad Stevens getting the crowd hyped up. Awesome. I love well, the Taco Fall love. That was great to watch. And you see Taco Fall the other night, he was perform he was like orchestrating some. The some be- he's the, he's the best conductor around. Yeah, yeah, he was conductor. Best conductor around. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a do it all guy right there. Composer? Oh, composed. No, composer, he was a con- no, he was the orchestra conductor. Uh, oh, the same thing. Conductors lead the music, composers yeah. write it. Yes, yes, mm. thank you. He's a man of very talented. He, he's a very talented man, and we love Taco Fall. It's a Taco Fall friendly podcast. A very tall man, too. Very, very tall man. Very he, tall man. He could not fit in this basement. He would not oh, no. fit in the basement. Absolutely not. He would shoot through the ceiling. What do you got, Tim? Um, I mean, I had the same thing. I think Jalen Brown really looks like he's worth the money. I mean,. I didn't really see anything crazy yesterday, but I'm just going to keep on going with it, that our guy, Brad Stevens, is just a phenomenal coach. Yes, he is. And they, oh, they yeah. lose a guy like Kyrie Irving, and they only go up. And that says a lot about his ability to control a locker room, his ability to move on and take what he has and yeah. still be the best team in the East right now, I think. Or maybe not the best team in the East, sorry, but a top they'll team They'll definitely in the East. be contending, we think. I the think they will. They'll be a top, they'll be a top people, three team. People say it all the time. Brad Stevens seems to be a better coach when he has less talented players on his team. Yep, yeah, that's right. I could totally buy that. I mean, I'm just, I look at the Celtics, though, and I say, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. I mean, you just look at this team, and there isn't, like, one guy for me that really just jumps off the page and nope. makes me go, And I like it. No, wow. Yeah, that's, I love that's, it. That's but that's the Celtics that's basketball. Yeah. That's the way it's always that's, that's been. It's even when they be. had, even when they had the, the trio of Paul Pierce with Kevin Garnett with Ray Allen, they weren't guys that really jumped off the page and made you go, like, wow. But they knew how to win. They knew how to play smart basketball. They were a very defensive basketball team. They still are. And you know what? The Celtics, if they, if you told me today that the Celtics would be the representative representative of the East in the NBA Finals in June, I could buy it. I would buy it. All I would day. absolutely buy it because I think they, I think they match up well with every team in the East. If we're talking, if we're talking about do they match up well with the Bucks? Yes. Do they match up well with the Raptors? Yes. Do they match up well with the 76ers? I believe they do. And those are the four teams, the three teams, including the Celtics. 
that I believe are the top dogs in the East and really do have a shot at getting to the NBA Finals right, so in June. Speaking of some more East contenders, we got the Bucks and Sixers our next game. Uh, that game was truly a match with some powerhouses in the East. And 109-121, 76ers take the dub. Yeah, I mean, look, the Sixers are legit. I mean, they definitely have a solid team. I mean, look at this guy, um, Korkmaz. I mean, this guy is a bench player, and he had a plus and minus of 20 points. Like, that's yep. a, that's everyone on your team mattered. I mean, I like I liked seeing this. And also with the Bucks. I hear a lot this year about this mantra of, of uh, Budenholzer, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep yeah. shooting. I mean, you've seen Giannis, I think for the past month he was averaging, like I've been hearing this all everywhere, that he's averaging about 40, 40% from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shot 8 for 27 yesterday. And I think every once in a while Giannis has to go back to being the old Giannis and just going down to the paint and bullying people. Drive. And, yeah. and you know, it's hard against a guy like Joel Embiid who's just an absolute monster in the paint. But sometimes if you're, if you're 8 for 27 – you got to mix it up. You got to go back to your old ways. I would like to look at my producer and my brother when I say this. Um, my takeaway from that game is there is absolutely no reason to be concerned about Giannis. Uh, he is still, in my estimation, he is the best player in basketball. It is not wow. much of a question for me. That's an interesting take. Um, Don't agree. Even with 18 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, a near triple-double. For 27 from the floor. Yeah, it's not it's not great, but that's what that's what they do. You said it yourself. It's a it's a shoot first team. That's it. That's what that's the way the Bucks are. Is it is that a way that you set yourself up for playoff success? No, but Giannis still when he needs to get it done, he'll get it done. They're still the best, the number one team in the East, the best team in the East, and there's no reason to believe that the Bucks won't be okay from this. They'll be they'll be just fine. And they'll be, at the very least, I at least expect them to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And if they're not, then Mike Budenholzer may be without a job. Really? Uh, I believe so. Because they they have the talent to be there. And look, if Giannis is not going to win in Milwaukee, when he's been set up for the last two or three years, and then potentially next year also to make a deep run of the Finals, then he's going to go to a place where he can. And Giannis, please, please, save <laughs> oh, us. Save us, Giannis. Come to the Knicks. Give me a break. Please. This is the only thing I'm going to add for Giannis. Yes. Your name is fucking Greek Freak. You shot seven three-pointers last night against arguably your conference rival. Yeah. Anyone to guess how many three-pointers he made last night? Um, Timothy. I would guess that Giannis made zero three-pointers. Three. I'm going to go with zero, yeah. He laid an egg last night. Yeah, you know, Zero. He shot absolutely terrible from the floor last night. Long arms, man. You can't shoot with long arms. Oh, he's been learning, though. He's been getting it down. He has been shooting yeah, 40% for the last month. I don't know how many attempts that's on because I don't think he's usually averaging seven attempts a game. But I remember, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I remember seeing this video on Twitter last night. He was dribbling down the court. All of a sudden, he picked up the dribble right near the three-point line. Instead of his defender pressing him, they gave him the shot. What do you do? Bricked it. Clank. Yep. Yeah. Big old clank. The man's allowed to have an off night. <coughs> LeBron has off nights sometimes. That's the best player of his generation there. Let's be real. Yes, he's the best player of our generation. Yes, but he's allowed to have off nights. So is he honest. Oh, we got some time to get to the Lakers game. Let's uh, let's finish up the Bucks. Go ahead, game. Brett. All right, I only got, got one thing to say about this game. I'm declaring this podcast as we make episodes. We are on Ben Simmons' three-pointer watch. Okay, hundred oh, percent. Right. I saw he went zero for zero yes. from the three-point line, and I was I was a little disappointed. My, my main take from this game was a question: How many threes has Ben Simmons hit this season? 
He's at two right now. We're going to be on Ben Simmons' three points. One of them came against the Knicks. I think those pregame lines for over-under threes in the season were about ten and a half. We're gonna be I'm on that cu- watch. I'm curious if he picks it up in the second half and really starts shooting the three, but I don't. I don't oh, for the de- degenerate gamblers out there. All right, if you're a degenerate gambler and you bet on Ben Simmons over under three pointers in the season, please call one eight hundred gambler because <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. All right, that is like betting. I, I'm not even gonna make an example of what that is. That is just nah, don't yeah. do that, <laughs> please. All right, let's let's move on. Rockets Warriors. Who cares? One sixteen one oh four Warriors. Oh, oh I wrote. Biggest take. I cared. I mean, no, I. I as much as I don't care, yeah. at the same time, right. it's like, first of all, clearly the Warriors have the fan presence that even with this roster they have right now, we're talking about guys like Willie Chase Coley. Chase was rocking last Willie night. Willie Coley-Stein and Eric Bashal coming out there, and they're still, they have a home field advantage, a home court advantage, I'm sorry. and Home field, home court, tomato, tomato. I mean, I think right now the biggest thing about the Rockets is that they do need another option. I mean, Russell Wilson's not the scoring option that he no. thinks he is. No. And James Harden can't average 40 points a game and come out of this season with an NBA championship. I think they really need Eric Gordon back. And I'm curious to see what that looks like when they do get him back because Eric Gordon is – I mean, I have this thing where I, you talk about you can't remember a good rushing play for the, the Chiefs. I feel like I can't remember Eric Gordon missing a shot. Something about him. Really? It's just something about – I don't know. He's always in the right spot. And he's always making the shots he needs to make, and I think that's definitely important for their game. Well, I really wish that I could say that you know this game didn't matter, but I think this game does matter, and I think that what we learned from this game last night was something that if we've watched Mike D'Antoni teams over the years, it's the same shit over and over and over and over again. And it's this is simple with the Rockets. If they can't defend, they're completely screwed. The way that Mike D'Antoni teams work is you can let up 129 points, but you better score 130. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how you get there. You could be shooting 40%. doesn't matter. You just better make sure you get to that 130. They're never going to change. To have a chance. And, and they don't. I mean, we've seen the Rockets just be in so many close games where they need James Harden to take over in the fourth quarter, namely against the Cavaliers and against the Magic, where they've been down by – 10 points, 7 points in both those games, and they need James Harden to take over in the fourth quarter. So there is just no defending from this team whatsoever, and there is no chance that they are going into a Western Conference semi against the Clippers or against the Lakers and even against the Mavericks and having any sort of chance if they can't defend. Because those three teams right there will put up 110 consistently against them, and they will have absolutely no chance. And the Rockets will be knocked out the second round of the playoffs. I mean, you also have a stud like Clint Capella matched up against yeah, Clint Willie, Willie Coley Stein. Yeah, he's up against Willie Coley Stein, and Clint Capella's out here with 11 points and 10. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 rebounds, and 10 points. Like, yeah, uh, Clint Capella should have had a, a night last night. Agreed. He really should have. And it's that it's that home court advantage, and it's also that. That mantra on defense, where they just—it's like, uh, what you, what's that thing about the Ole defense? Where they just the let Ole the, defense. you just let the guy run right past you. I mean, what are you doing? So next game up, the one that we've all wanted to talk about. Yeah. The Clippers 111, the Lakers 106, and my big takeaway from this: Please, Heavenly Father, if there is one and He is listening, please have this be the Western Conference Final. Yep. First, yeah. please, God. Yeah. Hopefully, it is the Western Conference Finals. Oh my God! I mean, that, that oh. felt like a playoff game. Last it night. felt like a playoff game. Yes. That literally, that felt like a playoff game. 
I mean, I also have to say about this game that Patrick Beverly is a firework. Oh, yeah, he is. He is lightning in a bottle. He, there's something about that guy where he can put up eight points and his defense and his attitude in the court. He has a yep. he's plus 26 points when he's in the court. One of my notes, Pat Bev is a hard motherfucker. Yeah, there you no, go. No, he really. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, with the language in this podcast, man. But he really is a hard it's motherfucker. It's true. I would agree with That's you. That's how that you're gonna describe it, man. That's I mean, these are the two best teams in the West, and listen, planet Earth and the world just needs this to be the Western Conference. So, Final. if that is the Western Conference, Final, who are you taking? You know, I mean, if you're gonna look at what happened this season so far, yeah. clearly the Clippers. I think, I mean, is there any talks of the Lakers looking to add another there, scorer? One or? of them, one of the two teams will add somebody. I think yeah. well, if the Clippers add someone right at all, but if the Lakers will add If the Lakers do add someone, which they really need to, I think the Lakers are uh, not a different team, but a much more viable team. But right now, I mean, you had three players in double digits last night. Like you're gonna need some more depth. You're gonna need some more balance in your team. You can't have you can't rely on three guys and have the rest of your team put up seven. Kuzma was ridiculous. Kuzma yeah. had a great night, but I mean, he Let also the team scoring. Miss. He did let the team scoring twenty five points. Yeah, and I mean, look, the Clippers. You could talk about them all you want to talk about them defensively, but you know what? When they needed Kawhi to step up and really deliver, eleven is thirty five points came in the fourth quarter, down twelve at half. Kawhi stepped up when they needed the most. And you know what? When you have a guy that is just as clutch as can be with Kawhi, he he might be the most clutch player in basketball right now, even over LeBron James. And he'll do it all with a straight face. Yep. Just, he's a cold-hearted killer. He's, cold he's the killer. closest thing to watching Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant play, I think. Really? The way he plays, wow. Okay. The, way, the style he plays and the way he goes about it, Yes. I think he's the closest thing you can get besides Kobe. It's not crazy. To Michael Jordan. It's not crazy. That's why I love him. No, I really, it's not that far up. I think he's the best player in the league right now. I mean, if you, you combine his offense. I do too. If you com- Whoa, I thought you said uh, Giannis was. Yeah, you think Giannis oh, No, I think you said Giannis is the best player in the East. Yeah, okay, he's the best player in the East. Okay, yeah. Um, no, Kawhi really just is. Also, what happened to Paul George last night? I didn't see much from him. I honestly. He's very, very I didn't quiet. quiet night. Yeah. yeah. Very quiet, quiet night. night. Which, is, which is weird for him because I really feel like he does show he's up for these. He's playoff pick. Yeah, he does show yeah. up for these games and, I mean. What was your stat line last night? I mean, he had oh, yeah, 17? 17 points. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not terrible. Okay, you can't complain but, you about know, that. You expect more, especially it's a quiet night with Paul George standards. Has, yeah. has he really done anything that crazy? I was thinking about that yesterday, too, but I recall he, him and Kawhi combined for like 70. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, they did have that good game. I think that was their first game together, yeah, right? It was that was, one, of those, one of the first games together. Well, he's, I mean, he's done all right so far. I mean, are we going to go past this Lakers-Clippers game without talking about load management, though? I mean, what what is your guys' opinion on this? Because I I'm actually curious because I don't really know where I stand on it. I don't it's know a crock of it. shit. I don't know. I, it's such a hard situation to tell since it's like it's the first time you've ever seen something like this. Yeah. And you don't know where to compare it between. Is it actually helping them, or is like that's just how Kawhi operates? Is he really that good enough? Where I, I I put Kawhi on this pedestal where I just think that he's he's the most talented player in the league. I love his demeanor on the court, but is there this side to Kawhi that we don't know that he's selfish or something like that, where he's not playing these prime time games and these games against big teams because he can't play two games back to back? Is he really hurt? Like, what's the real story here? Is it just him having? If he sets a limit to himself before the season, says I'll only play sixty five games. I mean. 
I not that he may not be the most talented player, but can you really call him the best player in the league? Like, no, what that's is the that? Problem. If you're only going to play 65 games, you can't be. I don't think you consider him the best player. 65 games by like, choice. If you decide yeah. you're not going to play yeah. 65, if you get hurt, and that's you know that's one thing. I mean, come on. But, but I think that's what he's trying to you know make sure doesn't happen. He seems to have fragile legs, and he's trying to keep him ready for the playoffs. I got a couple other things. St. John's University got a big shout out in the game yesterday. I heard that. Yeah, what was that St. about? St. John's is a defensive factory. A quote from Jeff Van Gundy yesterday. Who who are they talking about specifically? Him and Mark Jackson, him, him and Jeff Van Gundy were talking, we were joking about Mo Harkless yesterday on the court. Mo oh, Harkless okay. played like a couple minutes last night. Uh-huh. And Mark Jackson was, was, I don't know, one of them was saying that Mo Harkless has been a great defender this year and Duckers has been raving about him. So Mark Jackson decided to shout out St. John's University. I mean, we love that for the pro. And then for Jeff the Van Gundy decided to say it is a defensive factor. Go Johnnies. Go Johnnies, baby. Did he have anything else to back that up? Or are we specifically talking about Mo Harkless? Mo Harkless, Mark Jackson, Chris Mullen. Oh, I and forgot they Walter went there. Barry. Okay. All right. Four players, good enough. As long as you have two, you're fine. Yeah. That's all you need. And also, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, when he does play by play, while he's simultaneously telling a story at the same time, I don't know if you guys ever catch this, he does this all the time. He does it quite often. He does a great job. Yep. When Jeff Van Gundy starts I love Jeff the play by play and storytelling mixed together, he does it, it so smooth. Going. He does it so smooth. He does it so smooth. He'd be telling a story, play goes out of bounds, and he goes, and the Clippers have the ball, and he just continues his story. Yeah, it's foul on, he's a on LeBron as Paul George goes to the line. Every time I see, he does this every time. And I love it. Gets me all hot and bothered. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy is a national treasure. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's one of those he's one of those announcers where it doesn't even matter the game, it feels like it's almost like, oh, you have to listen to Jeff Van Gundy tonight. Like something about it, it just makes the game better. And you guys see LeBron uh, get into that A D uh, Kevin Hart moment there on the sideline. Yes. No, I didn't see the first that. Half. I think I missed the second half uh, of the game. A D took a shot at the end of the first half and he fell into the crowd uh-huh. and he landed on Kevin Hart of in the course. front row. So he was landing on I mean Kevin was like holding him. LeBron runs across the court and jumps into Kevin Hart's lap. Just had to be in the moment. I mean, that's... that's classic Apparently LeBron. LeBron hurt his groin last night. But he's still jumping in the of crowd. Course of course he did. Of course he did. So the last game we got, Pelicans 112, Nuggets 100. My takeaway from this is we wrap this up quick and then talk about some soccer. Uh, Brandon Ingram is a star. He's a, he's a volume shooter. That's he's exactly what I have to say. Like 30, uh, 31. Uh, 31, yeah. 31, career high, seven threes, averaging 25 points a night for the Pelicans. He's a beast. And the Nuggets, uh, yeah. Who cares? Oh, they, uh. Um, What's the record right now? Where are they at? They're actually, they're up near the top of the, uh, yeah, they the, should. the they're West. Near the top, they're near the top of they're the just, West. They're but just that regular season team that you just won't bet on them in the playoffs. No, no. The Nuggets are actually, they're second in the West right now, second, which yeah. is weird to think I, about. It's I the just, high elevation of Denver at home. They're probably like, oh, I, you probably. talked about that a million times. <laughs> it's that, that home field, home court advantage. Um, I mean, are exhausted. Hopefully the Clippers don't go to Denver. Uh, one thing I have to say about this game is uh, I'm not too upset that I fell asleep for it, but um, I mean, other than that, I mean the the yep. Nuggets have one starter shooting about fifty percent, like wow, one starter. Not great. That's not. I mean, and these they're are second. these are they're second in the West. They're though. second in the West, though. It's pretty crazy to me. And also, I I I want to say that I think that the Pelicans and the Lakers may have both come out winners of this trade. The double win scenario. The double win scenario. I really think that this team, I, you know, the Lakers weren't looking to have a team that was young and looking to mold yeah. together in the future. Mm-hmm. But these players have talent. They really do. And there's some yeah. there's some good ball players in this team. And I really think. I mean, who's their coach right now? Is it anyone? Is it anyone? Is, uh, it, is it Alvin Gentry? Gentry? I think it's Alvin Gentry. Gentry. Alvin Gentry. I mean, yeah. if Alvin Gentry can do the job and he can get these guys to mold together and become one solid core, I think that this team could be. Pretty good. I don't. I don't see any, you know, future championship hopes. But definitely much better than they were with Anthony Davis. I mean, 
something didn't work there. He just didn't want to be there, and it wasn't working out. But I do think that trade was a double win. I think they both made it out well. And my one takeaway is where's Zion? Oh, yeah. You know, I honestly, I, I forgot about him People looking at this box score. He's even it, there. And which is crazy to think about, yep. considering he, the hype you got. He should sit out the season, say, at this point, I'm not playing the year, work out, rehab, and I'll be ready to go to start next season. Red shirt. You're not. You're, the only reason why you're coming back at this point is just pr- is to prove a point. He, he's eating a whole lot of gumbo down there. He's eating a whole, whole lot of gumbo. Yeah. I mean, there are reports saying that that's he's got the, breasts apparently. That's that the rehab. They're <laughs> trying to. He's got breasts. They're trying to teach him how to run and walk again. Like it just doesn't. It just doesn't sound good by any stretch. And, and you know, I don't want to bring his weight into it, but a guy that size, yep. not being able to run and walk, mm-hmm. like, it's not good. The only thing you'd want out of him if he's not playing on the basketball court is to condition himself. And if he's not playing and he's not conditioning, that's definitely not good. It's not good. It's not a not a good look at all. So we move on from basketball. Let's talk some soccer, shall we? We're going to talk about the Champions League. It starts February 11th. Uh, the draw is out, and we're going to talk about each matchup and break it down as best we possibly can. So first up, we are going to be talking about Chelsea, and they are playing Bayern Munich. Um, our producer, Mr. Matt Burtz over there, big Chelsea fan. Uh, how do you think this tie is going to go? So, we all know the history between these two illustrious clubs. If we go back to 2012 in the Champions League final, shout out to Didier Drogba, great guy, hope you're doing well. Great Ivory uh, Coast player. Beat them, so it's always a plus. And then in 2013, where we won the Europa League against Benfica, and Bayern got their redemption and won the Champions League, and we unfortunately lost to them in the Super Cup, so... That was the last time we met in European play, and no bias aside, uh, you can <clears throat> on that. Uh, I think Chelsea come out and win, and I said that we would beat them four three. You know, I really think this Bayern team is on a tear right now. I mean, they're they're underperforming the Bundesliga. Which say what you will about that, but I do think that somehow these teams have different ways of playing in the, in their home leagues and in the Champions League. And you could be hot in one, you could be cold in the other one, and I. Bayern's been on a tear. I I mean, they have all the experience. I mean, Lewandowski. I mean, he, he was He's the most informed player in the world right now, and it's it's just not close. I don't. Stats are ridiculous. I don't see him going yeah. a Champions League game without scoring, especially in the round of sixteen. Like and against and against how frail of a Chelsea defense it is. I mean, they got torn I mean, apart by Southampton. Between that and the well, what are they going to do against against Lewandowski? I, I, oh, happy Boxing Day, everybody! Oh, happy yeah. Boxing Day! Yeah, wonderful day of football. I hope you guys all tuned in for that because it was great coverage from NBC Sports. Hey, let's not give NBC Sports any credit. The one thing I really got to go back to the ch- point about Chelsea. We all talk about how absolutely disgustingly bad their defense is. And in the January transfer window, they got to get a defenseman. It's simple. Aspilicuenta is terrible. Kurt Zuma is even worse. Rudiger's not healthy. And we need Christensen back now. It's simple. And Tomori's young. Tomori, 20 year old kid. Like, yeah. no one's expecting him to be your, he, no like one's a, expecting him to be your anchor now. I like Rudiger, though. Well, I don't know. He's all That's right. just me being a, he's, he's, an he's, fan. He's, he's coming off a pretty, pretty bad knee injury, so he's going to be back. He needs to get back in the full stride. But honestly, they Frank better? Lampard, uh, Roman, if you're listening to this, please get us a defender. Is there anybody else that thinks uh, Chelsea wins us? No, I took Bayern. I got Bayern 6-3. I have Bayern. I have Bayern 4-2. I, lo- I love what Chelsea's doing. Big fan of their, what they're doing with the youth. With the oh, I love that. I love Tan, yeah. Abraham, Mason Mount. They're doing, they're doing great things right now. I think they got to stick to what they're doing. But I'm just going to take Bayern in this one. They just have more experience. 
and I think this is really what they're going for. They're going for the absolutely. Chance. I my, think so too. My problem here is like you just said, it's a young side for Chelsea. They yeah. don't have they don't have that big time European experience yet. And you have the defense that it doesn't matter, you know, how many guys you're going to sign, whether you do sign two or three def- defenders. You you have a whole back line that needs to, that needs to be fixed. And, you know, Bayern with Lewandowski, with Philip Coutinho, even Perisic with Serge Gnabry, Arsenal, Arsenal boy, shout out Serge. It's, it's, it, Chelsea are just not going to contain them. And I, I, I mean, Four goals, saying that Bayern has scored four goals over those two matches, just it just sounds very, very, very conservative in no, saying that Bayern. four is going to be how many they're going to score. I mean, they could score easily five or six, and yeah. this could be ugly Bayern very, is, very, very Bayern quick if the, Chelsea are not on top of their game. Bayern's outside like the core, like the box team where I would pick to win the Champions League. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, don't know where they're, oh, yeah. I don't know where they are as far as the odds. They're not... Towards the top, I mean, they're, no, they're, they're not. like they're like mid. But if there was a team where I'd, I'd throw a decent amount of money on, it probably would be Bayern. Yeah, no, I definitely like, agree with the that. They're the sleeper team. Yeah. They're the sleeper. Just team. because of the way they've been playing in the Champions League compared to their home league, it's almost like they're prioritizing it. Yeah. Like they've won that Bundesliga so many times. They've yeah. done it. They they know what the deal deal is over there. Of course, they care about it, but you know, it gets but to how, a point where it's you, like PSG. Yeah. No. What exactly. They want? they want the Champions League. All right. So we got the two Liverpool fans. In the house, Liverpool, Atletico Madrid. I, mean, I wrote, you'll never walk alone, Liverpool or Atletico. That's all I said. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool's on a roll right now. I mean... I don't want to talk about it. No, I'm just saying they're, they're in great form right now. Yeah. They're on a roll. I mean, you know, we obviously have to see where the team's at in that time when we yeah. start playing these Champions League games. I mean, first of all, I didn't say this in the beginning. I cannot wait for the Champions League round of 16. These two-headed legs where you get a home game at both teams are some of the greatest sports there are to watch. I mean, it really is just once you get into this stage of the Champions League, there's nothing like it. It really is the most entertaining sports to watch. I mean, that's right. uh, You know, it is unfortunate that some people's teams aren't going to be participating in the Champions League. I enjoy Thursday nights. I mean, but... (laughs) I mean, you guys do love playing your weekday football over there. I love Thursday nights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, this Atletico defense is pretty solid, but I still think Liverpool comes out of this 5-2. I mean, I don't see any way. I'm not going to say I don't see any way, but I think there's a very solid chance Liverpool pulls away pretty easily. I don't want to jinx anything. This is all... I, I, think, I mean, I think Liverpool's going to win. Like, I'm not being a fan saying that. They've just been the best team. Well, that's really what it is. They're just on a roll. I, I have Liverpool winning the tie, but I don't think it's as high scoring. I think it's 3-1 on aggregate. I think it will, uh, I could it will see, be close. It's going to be it's, a low-scoring game. It's going to be close, but these are two defensive sides that are just very, very good defensively. You look at Virgil van Dijk, you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, you look at Andy Robertson, and then you look at what Atletico has. They have Kieran Trippier, who has just been a revelation over in Spain. Uh, Jose Maria Jimenez, who has been one of the best center backs in the world this season. And then, of course, Jan Oblak and Alison Becker in goal for both of those teams. Two unbelievable goalkeepers, and it's going to be a show uh, this time. But I just believe at the end of the day, even though with the weapons that both sides have on the attack with Joao Felix, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, uh, the defense is really what's, what's going to be the ultimate I mean, this, this is and the best defense in the La Liga right now. Yeah. It is statistically the best defense. Yep, and I believe it's what this tie is going to come down to. It's going to be a defensive tie, and I think Liverpool... They do enough to get it done because we have had no reason to doubt them yet. And until someone does end up beating them, it's, they're not playing Napoli. So they oh. are. Uh, they, they should win this tie, and I think yeah. they win this tie actually 
you know, and I don't want to say too comfortably because three one, there's nothing comfortable about it. But I think they do control both legs of the tie, and I think they do get it done. Since you mentioned, I just have to say it, Allison, most handsome goalkeeper in Europe. Oh yeah, with the new uh, hair, with the hair growing out. Uh, the hair growing oh, out. The beard. please, please. Oh, uh, come on. Jean Luigi Buffon. Yeah, come on. Now. <laughs> I gotta respect that. that guy looks, he looks like a cigarette. The Italian right. god. <laughs> I oh. could smell cigarettes looking at a picture of oh, him. Oh please, Buffon, oh. Buffon. Oh my. Lord. I love the way they portray him in that Champions uh, thing on Bleacher Report. He's always got a cigarette in his mouth. Looks like a cigarette. He looks like a cigarette. He's, he's a gentleman. He weighs about 110 pounds. He's like 6'3". He's a gentleman. I don't, I don't see the problem. All right, you want to move on? Yes. Yeah, so we got next, next up. Dortmund PSG. Dortmund PSG. I can't wait. First take on this, I wish Liverpool was playing Dortmund. Yeah. Yeah. And the Klopp Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Oh, oh, that would have been, been a great matchup. No, these are these are two stellar offenses, though. This is going to oh, be yeah, a I great matchup. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a very, a very good one that not many people are expecting to be good, I think. I mean, I'm going to take PSG. Yeah. I think it'll be close, but I think by the second leg, no matter where it is, I don't know. Who's, uh, who's at home first? I don't know. They have the matter, right? Uh, PSG. No, Dortmund, sorry. Dortmund's Dortmund. at home. Yeah, Dortmund. I think by the second leg, I think you'll see PSG will start to run away with it, I think. I mean... I like Dortmund, but PSG's got the elite talent on their team. I think we've been waiting for PSG to yep. make that Champions League stretch for years now. It's <laughs> the team that they've had, the teams they've assembled, and they haven't even made it to the championship, and I, I couldn't find one in the past like 15 years that they've made. Nope. And th- this is the same way with Bayern. This is what they need. This, this, is, what they, they this is what they want. Because you have all these fans from other countries saying, well, you can win your league every year, but what do you do when you come to the European competitions? And I think that this is really going to be the year they make the push. Where A win against Dortmund would be huge for them. That's a magnificent team to beat and I think it's going to be a great matchup I can't wait to watch it and I can't wait for uh, TBS or TNT I'm sorry to prioritize the Adelana versus Valencia game somehow over a Dortmund PSG game when they play at the same time that's oh, going to be they fun won't. I beg to differ I, they <laughs> I'm i sorry but they I always pick differ. the wrong games I feel like they always pick the game I don't want to watch they won't if anything they'll prioritize Real Madrid and Man City over it oh, um, that's probably true I have PSG advancing as well. I think it's close to 4-3 on aggregate. That's I have 4-3 and too. we talked about how defense is going to be the ultimate form of how the game is going to go with Liverpool and Atletico. It's going to be the complete opposite in Dortmund and PSG. It's going to be attacking, attacking, attacking. Yep. Likes of Julian Braun, Jadon Sancho, Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, Edison Cavani. They're all going to be on center well, stage. Cavani, Cavani, will, Cavani will be there. That's true. Icardi. That's true. Mario Riccardi, even better. A lot of potential Reds in the future, too, on this game. You have uh, Jaden Sancho and Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe, Mbappe 2020. Mbappe 2020. Oh God. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold did the Mbappe celebration today. Don't it's sleep on that. It's a lock. It's going to happen, ladies lock. and gentlemen. Uh, Thomas Teichel, uh, revenge game as well against Dortmund. PSG manager going back to uh, Gelsenkirchen and taking on uh, Dortmund. Is it a random draw for every round? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, just for the next one. Yeah, they, ran, they randomly tournament. draw your opponent uh, for the, the eight they for do. For the eight, it's a tournament. Uh, for the next game, are we, we going to move on to Atalanta? Yep, we're going to move on to Atalanta and, uh, and Valencia. This game, <laughs> I really, I get the idea of a random draw. Like, I really do. It makes sense. It's, you know, that's how they do it. Fine. But the idea that these two teams can play each other, and some of these other matchups are happening. Like maybe I'm just new to this. Maybe I really I love it. I I I don't get it. No, like it's just I'm it's ridiculous. I have I wrote I have never seen either of these teams play. 
No, and I did. I think I've seen Valencia play once against Barcelona in like this. Uh, well, no, one of their tournament games. Actually, I think I might have seen Valencia play. Um, did Valencia play within the Europa League last year? Yeah, they played Arsenal. And they, they played, played Arsenal. Arsenal. I do remember watching yeah. that game. Yeah. Yep. See, this is how amateur we are of soccer fans. Oh no, definitely. I'm gonna admit that right away. That I am an amateur soccer very fan, amateur. and I'm not gonna well, act like I know very anything. Very amateur soccer fans. Some people. Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. We're talking specifically about yes, Ian Brett. Yes, yes, yes. There okay, are there some veteran soccer fans. There we go. I just, I'm just making sure that we don't label this as a fully amateur oh, no, no, football no, no. fan podcast. No. It's, okay, it's in development. The two people okay, complaining good. about uh, the random draw right now are the <laughs> amateur soccer okay, fans. Good. We don't. We couldn't forget, no, too. Liverpool fans. We, we do have a veteran Juventus fan over here. We have Jared Faggione in the building. He is... Oh, you're right. Jared, say something to the people. Say hello to the I'm honored that I'm on this podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure having you. Juventus. No, but I'm going to take, I'm taking Atalanta in this one. I have the Atalanta too. Sure, they, because Atalanta is just on a roll. They're the highest scoring team yeah. in Serie A right now, which is, I mean, that's something. That's the most I got to say about they them. They probably have some young player on this team, which will soon be on Manchester United or Juventus. Or oh, whatever team that they end up playing, because I think that they're almost a lock to move on to the next round. But, and I, I'm saying that without ever watching them play, but whoever they end up <laughs> playing in the next round and whoever is the guy who has the most impact in that game will be playing for the team that he plays next year. All right, let's hear a real take on this game. Yeah, what do you have to say about this? I have Lencia. I have Lencia 3-2 advancing. All right. uh, these are two very similar teams for me. I've watched both of them play. Uh, for Atalanta, they need Alejandro Gomez and Duvan Zapata to really step up and be the catalysts that are going to advance Atalanta in this tie. Both of them have been in exceptional form this season, and I expect that they are going to be the guys that if Atalanta are going to win this, that those are the two that are going to need to really be the push to get them there. And as for Valencia, I've watched them enough. Over the course of the last few seasons, and playing Arsenal in the Europa League, exactly. <laughs> and they have a very good goalkeeper in Jasper Selesen, the okay. number one for the Dutch national team. They have a very good defense, spearheaded by former Arsenal defender Gabriel Paulista, one of my boys. Uh, then they have a very strong midfield, anchored by Danny Parejo, who has been one of the best number tens in Spain for a long time, and has been long been long linked with a move. Uh, away from Valencia and going to another top-tier club like in England. And then up front, you have Goncalo Geddes, there we go, and Rodrigo, who both have been in unbelievable form. Geddes, who's, who's been a protege for a very, very long time from Benfica, went to PSG, and now is at Valencia. And Rodrigo has been long-linked with the move to Barcelona. I feel like for forever they've been talking about potentially making a move for him. Um and I think this is a tie that just has Valencia, if they can get a win away from home in Italy, then they can go back to Spain and then win this at home. It, 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 they, have, they can do this, but this is a very 50-50 toss-up tie. But I think Valencia, just based on paper, I think they take it, and it, it's going to be a very close tie. Uh, okay, then we have the next one. We have uh, Tottenham. Oh, God, I want to puke saying that. And RB Leipzig. And Another one I can't wait for. I cannot wait for this matchup. And it's it's a weird one, I too. I, well, I you know, I'm sure there's certain reasons certain people might not want to watch this matchup. But when you come down Tottenham. to the brass tags of this, I mean, you have the number one team in the Bundesliga right now, an RB Leipzig team that is scoring out of out of their minds. And you have Jose Mourinho coming into Tottenham to prove that he can be the guy to lead them through the Champions League 
Because this is what what was their finish before last year? Didn't they have another close finish? I think they made it deep into the Champions League the year before they finished second, right? I think they went to the semis. I Still, I mean, they, they had yeah, yeah, they had the team to, to clearly make it through the Champions League. Maybe a new leadership under Jose Mourinho can be the guy who brings Tottenham a trophy. But I don't think God no, I don't think it's the Please, year. Jesus, but no. I do think he'll give it his damn best, and I think it's gonna be an interesting game because I have no idea how to decide this. I know how to decide it. How is that? Timo Werner. No, definitely Timo yeah. Werner. He's, is he, he's through uh, the U.S., right? No, I'm sorry. No, he's German. No, who's the other guy I always mix him up with? Uh, Timothy Weah. I don't know why I always mix him up. <laughs> they look completely different. Well, no, no. It's, it's, the, it's the names. It's the names get me. I'm bad with the names in soccer. It's just yeah. I can't do names in the NBA. I can't do names in MLB already. Fair. When you have soccer where you got yeah, 80, 100 relevant teams, there's no shot. I can't do these names. No, yeah, I'm taking Tottenham just... It's a close one, but Mourinho is Champions League Jesus. That's exactly what it is. That's that's the deciding for me. Ed, you can abstain from talking about this topic if you want to. I think. I'm curious. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm curious, but I'm saying if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. Fuck Tottenham! I'm never picking them to win anything. Fair like, enough. Leipzig four three on aggregate. I I just wrote Tottenham are overrated. Timo Werner is god. I think Tottenham is overrated, but is this team any different from the team they played with last year? Who did they lose besides? Uh, Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier, um, but still, I think that was it's one player though. I mean, they've been without Hugo. They've been without Hugo Lloris for a little while. Yeah, they're not gonna I don't have. Know if he's gonna be back. He might be. I'm just they saying, if be. you could do it with the squad once, you could do it again. Like, uh, there's no reason to think they can't. It's something about that team that wants to make it through the Champions League. So I just never have been a fan of Tottenham. They've been. They remind me a lot of the Dallas Cowboys in a way. They're this big market club oh, you in a big market oh, city <laughs> who had disappointed their fans year after year after year with promises, big time names, and just overall disappointment. This almost sounds like the time I told Ed that Arsenal was the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's really bad. That's really bad. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear that one. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. I got to form you. Yeah, we'll save it's that for another day. All right, what are we on? Napoli? One, one, more, one more thing before we move on. Uh, <laughs> shout out to my friend uh, James. James, listening to this, um, go follow him on Twitter at Gunnerblog. Um, fuck Tottenham. Okay. Yeah. Facts. Moving on. Uh, Napoli versus Barcelona. No contest. This is no contest. I hope not. I just don't see this game. I hate Napoli. I, oh. We can make the, We can make this quick. Uh, on three. Yeah. One, two, three. Barcelona. Barcelona six. Okay. Nothing. Perfect. Good. Hopefully. 5-2. Barcelona are the best team in Europe. Frankie de Jong, you're a god. Yeah. I still think Valverde should be sacked, though. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Regardless, I think it's best for Barcelona. But speaking of second coaches, I, I mean, Napoli just sacked theirs. Now they're going into a, champ- a, championship, uh, champ- sorry, a Champions yep. League game with a new coach, with clearly a worse team than Barcelona. I yep. can't see this game going any other way. I just way. hope Napoli gets absolutely thrashed. I, that's all I want to see. And you know what? Now that we want that, they probably won't. But <laughs> I hope they I hope they don't get One thrashed. Hope. I hope they make this an actual an actual tie. And I hope Dries Mertens, uh, if you want to come to the red side of North London, uh, we would be more than happy to have you because you are a fine gentleman. How are we on next? Leon, uh, Leon Juventus. Juventus. Uh, who cares? Again, yeah, one, yeah. once again, one, two, three, Juventus. Juventus. I mean, Beautiful. Juventus is probably the best. You could argue that Juventus is the most talented team in this Champions League right now. 
Uh, just a question of by how much. How ugly is this tie going to be? And, uh, I mean, Lyon's the 12th best team in France right now. They, yeah. should, they should handle their business. No Memphis Depay could absolutely kill oh, he's, no I forgot. Depay. He's out yep. for the season, right? Yep. What he blew his Achilles? Yep, ACL. 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 He's done that before, ACL. no? Isn't he having... Does he have the history? I don't know. I'm, a, I'm an amateur soccer fan. Yeah, I'm an amateur soccer fan. I shouldn't, I shouldn't no, have even tried. He hasn't no. done it before. <laughs> he hasn't done it before. But one guy to watch out for for Leon is uh, their striker, Moussa Dembele. He mm. is a... Is he related to his money? No. There's a lot of Dembele's. I know there's a lot of Dembele's. Dembele's. I know there's a lot of Dembele's. And one is that like a 16-year-old Dembele? One, one, no, he's, there's a group uh, of them that's related. 21, I believe. But he is very, very, very talented, and Arsenal want to make a move for him. So I think it also Hopefully comes down to Ronaldo just doesn't lose in yeah. round of 16. Ronaldo's a stone-cold killer. Yep. No. Yeah. Champions League is what he wants. I expect you can – you if there's a bet out there, I talked about not wanting to bet on this Ben Simmons uh, – Plus or minus 10 three-pointers made. If you could find me a bet that Ronaldo drops a hat-trick in one of these games, in I'll take... Champions League game? No, no, no. In one of these games against Leon. Oh, against Leon? He's going to drop one and one Like, the, it's it's the writings on the wall. I love watching him play. Because he's just born to do that. I, I, I would put that bet down. I would... You would take my action on that? Yeah, I would. Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I I was being uh, a little bit facetious. Wait, facetious. Yeah. not going to have a hat-trick? Yeah. Well, of course. That's well, yeah, that's an easy yeah, bet. Yeah, it's an easy bet. Exactly. But, nice. all right, all right. Well, if we were going to do this, I would want, like... Plus 600. I was going to say plus 800. Yeah, God. Fuck out of here. Okay. That's a hat trick. You're talking about yeah. dropping... I'm guaranteeing that he well, you got a hat trick. Well, you made it seem like it's a stone-cold lock. As far as hat tricks go, sure, but it's still not a set thing. Don't make me call back on my take, all right? Let me enjoy my... <laughs> if, if Anyone I'll besides like, Ed, you've done this before too. You like to take my action. You make me feel like I'm an idiot. All right, I want to drop this action on anyone but Ed. If you're a listener to this podcast and you have a sports book, let me know what the odds are. I will place that bet and I'll put twenty dollars down on it. One hundred gambling. And please make sure you're in the state of New Jersey or outside the continental United States when you place that bet. I only oh, hundred percent. <laughs> and the last one up, Real Madrid versus Manchester City. This one we can dive into a little bit more yeah. deeply because this tie can go and. So many different directions. Uh, for me, we've talked about it with PSG. We talked about it with Bayern. This is Man City's competition that they absolutely have to win. Pep Guardiola's men, they know where this needs to end up. And that is lifting the Champions League at the end of the season. This is why Guardiola is there. This is why Guardiola was hired by Manchester City to win Europe's most prestigious prize. And this is going to be a very high-scoring tie without question. Man City's defense, it's been talked about all season long. They have holes all over the place in that defense. And it doesn't look like Laporte's coming back anytime no, soon. No, it doesn't really? look like he's coming back anytime soon. Oh, that's uh, thanks. John Stones' health is in major question as well. Oh, shucks. That's not coming back. I think Man City got it done, though. I, I think that this is too big of a tie. It's too big of an occasion. I think Pep Guardiola is the best coach in the world, no questions asked. I think he has his men ready to go, and it also helps that there's playing his old nemesis in Real Madrid yeah, and Zidane Zidane. As a Liverpool fan, I'm personally offended. You just said Pep Guardiola is the best he is the be- he is the best coach in the world. I took that very personal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just not agreeing with that one at all. I mean, we could we could talk about that another time because we're talking about Champions League right now. But if you want to say that, we'll, we'll he let's... Gave, he gave birth to the greatest player that the world has ever seen. I can completely agree on that. Uh, no, I think this is for me. It wasn't too hard to pick this one. I'm picking Man City. Yeah. I think I think we all are going to pick Man City. I think this is. I don't want to, but I just. Oh, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting a look. As a really oh, okay. I picked Real 3-2. Woo! Woo! See, 
I think City's defense is vulnerable, and Real yeah. Madrid's attack is blitzkrieg. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. No, they as hard. Yoke, if Jovic wants to, fight oh, there we go. Okay, he's picking Real Madrid because he wants to see Hazard. No. Come back. Come back. Okay. Junior is Junior. a phenomenal young talent. Hazard has proven he's one of the perennial superstars of the continent. Oh, and please. if Luka Jovic wants to finally show up into a game, so be it. And you got to put in Karen Benzema in there as well. No, oh, who, who doesn't even have to be mentioned, the billion-dollar release clause. Like, yeah. Is it really a billion dollars? Yeah. That's unreal. Yep. He's wow. one of those guys you just don't hear about enough. Because I've seen the things he's done, and it, yep. it's unreal what and he can do. Madrid's defense is just as lethal as they're attacking. Sergio Ramos, perennial superstar in the back. Carl um, Bajal, veteran. How about, how, how's a Thibaut Courtois? How would you describe Thibaut Courtois in one word? Really can't honestly. I <laughs> give I, me give me one word, please. I respect the guy. He's won so much oh, as in the world. Oh my Rip god! Rip the pieces. <laughs> Here, if you want, you can ask me about. Uh, give me. You could ask me one word about Van Persie if you'd like. Well, I'm not gonna call my old player the good old C word, but I'm gonna say that. Wow. Uh, <coughs> he needed he needed change. Wanted something different. That's all I'm gonna say. A little bit of a different turn. It's a one. very politically correct answer. Do we think? I would have torn him up. I would have torn him up too. If Pep Guardiola and Man City lose this match, Oops. this uh, this uh, this round sixteen matchup, Here we go. is Pep gone? Yeah. No. No. And I don't no. think so. No. no. Will the talks? So of, all right, but the talks will at least pick up. Yes. Well, that's the thing. To where is hard? Yeah, it would have to be Barcelona. Well, I think, would, I think he would be gone at the end of the season. If anything, his do, contract is out at the end of the season. And oh, that's more what I was saying. I'm not just saying in terms of no, this. No, he's going to get sacked mid-season. No, yeah, he, I don't even, even get no. sacked. I, is his contract up after the season? Yes. Oh, if his contract's up, then I really think that there's a possibility. He would hit the market tomorrow, and Barca would give him a blank check. He yeah. would be oh. back in Barcelona within seven hours. And I think once he went to Barcelona, I could appreciate him a little bit more. I obviously, there's the reasons for hating him right now as a Liverpool fan. I mean, yeah. you know, he is what he is. Always but respect him, though. I, I definitely respect him. I respect his coaching. I hate his character on the sidelines. I really he is can't. wonderful. He's such a child sometimes. He's I wonderful. I really can't stand watching that kind of stuff. This, I love him. He just lacks composure at times, and I just I can't stand it. I don't see the problem. I mean, there's certain people. You, you he know. just wants him for himself. He wants him on Arsenal. <laughs> it's like no, he, I like he would him. ever go there. No, you we guys, have, he's, he's, have, he's not your brand. We have Pep Guardiola 2.0. Oh, well, that's actually that is very that true. That is true. There is no point for you guys to get him when you already nope. have his. his uh, I would love to see what happens to that. I really do. If he's if he's turning out coaches too, like That'd be something. that's the step up. If if this works out, I'm gonna have to give. Well, him it helps. It helps when uh, Mikel Arteta has uh, two of the the best managers in the Premier League era backing him up and saying that he is going to be a top notch manager and Pep Guardiola and Arsene Wenger. All right, so right now, who are you picking to win the league, Champions League? Oh, it's tough. Quick, right now. Um, Barcelona. You have five seconds. Juventus. Wow, I'm gonna say City. Whoa! Wow. Yeah. I mean, they need to. Yeah. Like the the need to win is definitely a big part I of that. I can't see them not coming out of this without a trophy. How I do think that Liverpool has a very good chance of winning it though. Not gonna say anything about that. No, but that, I'm saying it as like I, I'm just looking at it like. I'm yeah. not saying I want to win or think we're going to win. No. I just think that they have a very solid team. You can't deny the fact that there's a good chance they win it. I just I wouldn't claim back-to-back. I think that's no. very hard to do for No, it's, it's so hard. I mean, I know Real just did it three Matt, times. Matt, who do you got? 
Barca, it's simple. They have Messi. Thank you. Team in Europe. Okay. Good. Barca. I can, I can tell there. we're related. So we got. You said Barca. I said Barca. So we got two Barca's, a Juve and a City. Yep. We'll look back at this one when it all starts. Up in February. February eleventh. On that note, I want to thank my co-host Brett Mayer and Tim Brady, our producer Matt Bertzel, for a great first episode of Basement Talk. Tune in for our next episode, which we'll be recording probably Monday or Tuesday of next week. We'll see you then. I'm Ed Birdsall. Take it easy.